0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast, volume 11, issue 509. And today we're going to talk about Haunted Castle. Joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue are Michiel Croder. Hello. I was hoping for a one of your trademarked vocal impressions of one of the many blood-curdling screams from this game. Ah, yeah, I've got nothing. Okay, never mind. The screams are all in my head. <laughs> Good. Tony Atkins? <laughs> Hello. Hello. And, of course, returning guest, Ben Cartledge. Good evening. Good evening. What is Haunted Castle, for those who don't know? It is actually, in Japan, called Akumajo Dracula, because it's an arcade game loosely based on the NES or Famicom Castlevania series of 2D run or plod, whip and jump gothic horror platformers. It is not to be confused with the... 1897 Georges Méliès short called The Haunted Castle or the 1921 F.W. Murnau film The Haunted Castle or the 1969 Tokazu Tanaka film The Haunted Castle. But you should check out all of those anyway if you like vintage horror films. So what are our histories with this one? We're going to start with our guest Ben. There is video evidence of your history with this game of course. Tell us all about it
1: um it's a funny one this is because i didn't um obviously i didn't play it at the time like and i came to it kind of really late and in a lot of respects um it was when it was when um i I was streaming something else and uh i'd been playing a lot of castlevania and when i started when i started streaming quite a bit um i was doing stuff that i was good at basically so kind of golden axe and uh, ghouls and ghosts and stuff like that and i was streaming i think i was streaming ghouls and ghosts or something and uh Somebody came in the comments and was like, "Oh, good luck, great run, or, or whatever." And uh, his name—I never forget. His name was uh, it was Josh Funk Duck, right? So I was like, <laughs> cool. "There's really? only cool. one person that can be. That's got to be prolific speedrunning Castlevania world record holder, uh, yeah. Josh Funk Duck Ballad. It can't be him though. He can't be watching me. No. And
2: it probably uh, was the rapper uh, Redman because he uses Funk Duck as an uh, alias as well.
1: Yeah, I bet he sucks at Castlevania though. Well, uh, like- you never know. <laughs> I've, I've, I'll be honest, I've never seen him play it, but right. like <laughs> exactly, but yeah, like uh, yeah. And so I messaged him. I was like, uh, or I think I said on the stream, that can't be the real Judge Funk Duck. And he was like, yeah, yeah. And I clicked on his link, and it had all this stuff on his channel. I was like, this is incredible. And uh, so I uh, used to watch his videos all the time, like uh, his Castlevania three speed clears and all the no death stuff he did, and like he's such an incredible like speedrunner and. I saw he had a Castlevania a playlist, uh, and at the top of it was a speedrun of uh, Haunted Castle. And I did, never played it really. You know, okay. I'd probably messed around with it when I picked up the collection and I'd probably heard people talk about it. Um, and it's got such an infamous kind of reputation that I didn't put kind of too much time into it. But I watched one of his playthroughs and I was like, this looks loads of fun. Like, I bet I could do this. Like that. <laughs> they always start <laughs> like that, don't they? They do. yeah. I thought, I bet I could, I bet I could do this. Mm. Um and he'd done like a um a, a no death clear of like the uh, the hardest ROM set in about twelve minutes and I was like I bet this is I bet I could do this and uh, so I started practicing and started practicing and then got to the point where I could uh no death uh, the Japanese version of it and I thought I'll record that um but my main aim was and we'll talk about a lot I'd imagine about ROM differences but my main yes. aim was to try and beat the most infamous and difficult kind of ROM set uh, without dying. So I spent some time um, getting, well, I was already, I don't want to say I was already good, but I was already good if I could no death it. I spent some time getting better, I suppose. Yes, fair, <laughs> at, to say, fair to yeah, say. Yeah, at, uh, at trying to get the uh, the intricacies that you need to get a, a clear and the hardest ROM kind of sorted. And uh, the funny thing was, like, I got myself really, when I did the uh, the first video, which is just, just called Haunted Castle Arcade, No Death, Like I had a real kind of production kind of side to it. There's like a, like a, I kind of dressed a bit like vampire hunter. I had like a (laughs) waistcoat on and a lantern and everything. And like, there was all kinds of uh, tomfoolery. And I did like quite a production video really. But then the funny thing was when I came to to do Rom M, I was like, well, well, what am I, what am I going to do here? Like, I'm just going to have to, I can't do all that again. So I thought to myself, well, I'll just sit down and I'll try and record it. And I got it first try. Honestly, the one that's on that video is the first try that I that I'd done in terms of the first try of recording. I I don't think I'd done it. I think I'd put all the bits together, hmm. practicing, and I knew how to do all the separate bits. And I thought, well, I better start trying to record this now. Um, I don't want to practice this without recording it now because when you do, when I do something that's like maybe difficult, difficult, I don't want to kind of waste it. It's like if you look at the um the last couple of uh, Metroid speedruns I did, they don't got any commentary on because I just had hmm. to record everything. Yeah on the off chance that you end up doing something spectacular and then not recording it. So um, I thought to myself, well, I'll record this. I've got the mic. I've got everything set up. I'll have a go at doing this. And uh, yeah, I got it. Um, I got it first go. And and it's just, it's become like a, I don't know, like a live kind of favorite. I kind of play it every now and again. Like um, I played it like at the, the time of recording. I played it this evening kind of streaming, which is quite nice. I haven't, uh, I probably haven't played it in about three months maybe. Um, like seriously to stream and stuff and I just um yeah I don't know I just I, it's one of those things that like I'll probably always uh, defend and I'll probably always <laughs> really enjoy playing you know just because I think it's it's like a lot of these if it's an arcade game from this era that I've spent the time to get good at I don't know there's always some kind of innate connection for me Stockholm syndrome with stuff like that maybe although this one was <laughs> nowhere near as bad as, as any of the other stuff I've done in terms of difficulty yeah. But um, but yeah, I, I think I'll always have a connection to stuff like this. So to this day, it remains a, a kind of a, you know what I mean, a, a live favorite. And obviously, I got when the uh, the collection came out on the PS4, like I played that quite a bit. It was nice to play it on like a, a big TV, you know, and, and try different bits and pieces out. But. Yeah, like, I I, um, I came to it quite late, but I think I've played it quite a lot in a, a shortish kind of space of time, really. i
3: say, does that oh, for sure. Does that help because it's a relatively short game? Because it being an arcade game, you know, it can be done, I suppose. Yeah, you can do a 12, 20-minute 20 20 run of it. Yeah. It makes it easier, I suppose, to approach
0: rather than something that's got, you know, a bit more length to it and you having to memorise so much. That's sort of Ben's uh, wheelhouse, really, yeah, isn't it? But Games that are actually short, but only once you're really good at them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, maybe. Like, um, I don't know, like, I, I think... I talk about it all the time, but I think the confidence you get when uh, when you break down the the, the walls of like a, a really tough, like a, like I say, a really tough kind of longer game, anything, even stuff that's like probably more difficult. If it's kind of a shorter clear mentally, I can't help but think it can't be that hard, you know. <laughs> like like somebody said yeah. to me, like, when I was looking at doing sense. when I was looking at doing Salamander, I was like, it's fifteen minutes. Yeah, you know what I mean. How hard yeah. can this be, really? It's 15 yeah. minutes, you know? Like,
2: yeah, it does mean less to memorize. Definitely. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the
0: thing. Like playing a, a modern FromSoft game or whatever, there's so many different enemy types in there to learn their patterns and what they're weak to and all that kind of thing. Whereas in this game, there's probably only about, I don't know, 15 different enemy types. Yeah, pretty much. Something like that. Maybe like not, a, even that?
1: Yeah, there probably isn't that many. I think you're quite, you're being not quite, sure. uh, you've been quite generous there, I think. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't count. Yeah. Uh, all right, um, Michiel, do you
0: remember this one from the arcades next to Golden no. Akes? No, it wasn't uh, <laughs> next to
2: Golden Akes because Golden Akes was standing all by itself in a Belgian bungalow <laughs> park when it was uh, being uh, replaced when it was replacing Geeker's Mark II. The legendary, Listener, uh, you'll need Archonite to go back Club. and
0: listen to our Golden Akes podcast to uh, to understand <laughs> chance. Chance.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, i uh, never seen it in the arcades, uh, and I don't think I was aware of its existence even until yeah, maybe the, maybe a couple of years back. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I think I started looking more into the game when we did the Castlevania Sound of Play special, me and Leah, and she picked uh, one of the tracks from, from this game when we were yeah. compiling music to play on it. Check that um, one
0: out, uh, listener, as well. It's still there on the website. Yeah, Sound of Play, Castlevania Special. So I played it a couple of
2: times uh, on the uh, Konami Arcade Collection, yeah, uh, compilation that came out on the Switch and uh, PS4, maybe PC also. I'm not yes. quite sure. Yeah, yep. And uh, found it uh, a little bit creaky. You know, um, mm-hmm. yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't overly impressed. And then, of course. Uh, it was on the playlist so i had to spend more time with it yes i
0: forced you into it <laughs> it was partly you know there was some discussion it, w- whether we would even include this game in the castlevania series uh, of podcasts but uh, but because you know obviously ben is a is a staunch advocate for it and i just thought it was a, it's an interesting game with a with quite a reputation shall we say uh, so yeah i roped you in and also tony simply because you put yourself as an amber on our spreadsheet meaning I'll complete this if you ask me to, and here we are. Is that your entire history with the game? <laughs> it is. Thank you. Right.
3: Um. Occasionally, I, when when I go through the spreadsheet, I want to make sure that if I think a show's you know worth worth talking about, and there is you know there's a lack of of um interest in there, sometimes I just put myself down just to hopefully make that show happen. You know, yeah. facilitate mm. that show. Bless you for that. Yes. Very noble. Um, and yep. it was noble because this came up, and I was like, oh. What's Haunted Castle? Right, okay, I'd better look, <laughs> look. gonna play this what this is. And then I think actually some some of the things that I, when I go through the big list is I look at the length of a game, decide whether that's something, you know, this is achievable, and if it's like, you know, 400 hours, I'm like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll take a pass. But, a bit, you know, I saw this game was probably like an hour long. I was like, shish, I'm happy to jump on the show there. It's only an hour long, whatever. Yeah. Um, But, you know, my, my history of the Castlevania series, you know, I'm not a stalwart person that's played all back to back. You know, I've had my time Symphony of Night. One of the two of the others, you know, came to Nintendo consoles quite late. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't something that was in my wheelhouse when I was younger. Um, you know, I think in Lords of Shadows and stuff like that, you more of recent, although that's like 22 years ago. <laughs> I think it was 2010. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, so it's just, it was interesting. Okay, okay, well, let's play this Castlevania game. So I wasn't overly sure what I was getting myself into. Um, and I quickly, I picked up the PlayStation 4 version, uh, seemed to be the easiest accessible one, um, and just started the game and then quickly realized, okay, this may be an hour to beat if you know how to beat this, but actually it's going to exactly. be significantly yeah. longer if I don't just want to, you know, basically save scum my way through every single encounter. Like, And, yeah. you know, I always, I mean, save scumming is a thing and it certainly can get you through everything that you need to and there was some of that i i was doing just to kind of you know experience a part of a level but then i actually was like right i've learned something here i want to go back yeah. and see whether i can do that level in a you know a more proficient manner right now i know what each enemy does mm. so yeah i i went back and you know it's um i can't say i didn't lose a life i certainly did lose a life but you know i i did play the game as you know more intended I had to use and continues let's face it but yeah yeah um, me too. yeah no I'm looking forward to, to talking about it but yes yeah, my um my history of Castlevania it isn't isn't particularly long but it was interesting to come back I haven't played an arcade like quite an old arcade game like this for, yeah. for a long time so huh. you know it's yeah. a good old you know remembrance of like oh yeah this is where we are at this point
0: um yeah. so, interested him more yourself well, yeah, I do remember this from the arcades. Blimey. There was one particular arcade that I used to frequent a lot, one of the ones I've mentioned on podcasts before, but uh, there was the pier itself, the Brighton Palace Pier, which was uh, which was a, re- a regular haunt, um which had two big arcades on it. There was West Street, which leads up from near there, which had a number of arcades down the down the side of the road. Um and then there were two more kind of uh, traditional seaside arcades down under and to the sides of the pier, one to the left and one to the right, and they were perhaps kind of uh, less well funded. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they, they, quite they dingy. made money.
4: Yeah, yeah I know. Pr- the sort of old yeah. school, dingy <laughs> arcades
0: with with pebbles actually kicked in yep. from the beach. Quite dark uh, oh, stone nice. floors. Um, the smell, the, the the absolute waft of um, hot vinegary <laughs> yep. chips and salt, sea salty air as you played genuinely magnificent times um i used to spend a lot of time in in these arcades they had kind of the same selection of games for way beyond the 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 time that the sort of the bigger and more well-heeled arcades had them because i guess they they bought in their machines and then kept them going until they'd made their money back or whatever um and yes this one if you're looking if you were standing facing away from the sea and looking into Brighton, down and to the left, there was this arcade, and it had uh, it had a bunch of things that I enjoyed to play. Uh, varying states of repair. It was one of those arcades where you couldn't always rely on the sticks and buttons being, wor- uh, you know, fully mm. working order and that kind of thing. Um, you know, some surly guy in the change room. You'd pass your pound coin over and uh, get it in in big fat 10p's back. Uh, but yeah this had haunted castle and it also had konami's fast lane next to it i think it was and i think they were i didn't know this at the time i think some of the staff were even the same on those two machines i think they were released around the same time same technology um fast lane never really appealed to me it was a kind of top down like pac-man in a hot rod kind of game something like that (laughs) um but but haunted castle did appeal to me just because at the time late 80s early 90s whenever i was seeing it uh it was quite striking it had this very large looking playable character it had this quite uh intriguing title screen i'd played a lot of other games of similar ilk i assumed it was going to play a bit like maybe rastan rastan saga or splatter house which i loved from namco um similar era uh and and i definitely put a few 10ps in it but what would inevitably happen, and I guess this was the European ROM, would, the, it would be that I would enjoy the first, I don't know, however long it takes to get to the first sub-boss of the game, which is a brick wall, a literal <laughs> brick wall that throws bricks at you. And I didn't realise back then that actually you can, you can squat and take out all the bricks that come at you. I assumed you had to jump over the low bricks and swap the middle bricks or vice versa. I can't remember which. And I didn't put in loads and loads of money to work this out. I can't remember if I ever got beyond that wall that's about, you know, 30 seconds into the game or whatever. And also, just thought like I'd I'd fought these zombies and stuff, and you know, whipping stuff, and it was all horror and gothic. And then it was a wall. <laughs> I just thought it was the most uninspiring, boring piece. Of I assume it's meant to be a game. haunted wall, right? I mean, that's why it I was think. a haunted no. wall. <laughs> the bricks guys. are coming at me. Um, so yeah, and it kind of put me off the rest of the game, both in terms of the amount of damage that these bricks did, and uh, and I, you know, I was a teenager or whatever I didn't have unlimited money so of course any game that kind of annoyed me or bored me within 30 seconds I was never going to go back to it so still you played the the actual arcade version I've played the actual arcade game at least at least (laughs) two or three times yeah possibly you know thinking this time I'll get past the boring wall Mm, not sure (laughs) I ever did maybe I I got onto
2: things will get good Maybe, yeah, maybe I got into the you fiery pillars. Could have got some
0: Medusa in a, a hundred bats. Yeah, you know. maybe I got some Medusa. I don't remember, but um, the the wall sticks in my mind as being the thing. And actually, what I remember more than anything is the sound echoing throughout the arcade, the screams and the the attract. Well, mode you, actually, that, yeah, you think. mentioned the um that title screen, the title screen where
3: um I guess you could call it a cutscene if you wish, but you know the, mm-hmm. the count comes down and takes your girlfriend.
0: That's actually pretty pretty impressive for
3: the time. It looks it's really nice it was it was striking
0: yeah it was obviously thematically incredibly similar to uh another game that uh, that we've spoken about before um ghouls and ghosts um which uh, which is odd because the the home versions of course this is the third game in the series uh a lot of people i think assume that like many konami series it started in the arcades and then came home but actually no uh, as we'll hear, this uh, this game started uh, on the Famicom and, and then got an arcade game that wasn't even going to be a Castlevania arcade game. To conclude my history, then I didn't play it for several <laughs> decades. Uh, then I bought the Konami Anniversary Arcade Collection on PS4 and have uh, played it on there. <laughs> so, yeah, Konami made it. Konami obviously published it themselves as arcade manufacturers. The designer and lead artist was indeed Masaki Kukino. The game came out in uh, Japan in February 1988 and arrived in North America and Europe actually slightly before that in December 1987. According to, I think that was Wikipedia anyway, Uh, Boxing Day Uh, seems unlikely, but there you go Uh, on the PS2 the game came out uh, in 2006 from uh, hamster who are the people now behind the arcade archives releases uh, part of the oritachi gesenzoku series only released in japan as you'd expect included as bonus material or a mini cd with the game's soundtrack and a mini dvd with a music video and half of an instructional playing video i don't know what which half um the port was not released outside of japan yeah uh, in September 2017, Hamster released the game for PS4 as part of the Archi- Arcade Archives line of digital releases, which uh, that version includes Japanese, North American and European ROMs, but it's not quite that straightforward. More of which later. Yeah, that's the one I played. Uh, right. Yes. Uh, also released on the Switch just last year at the time of recording in 2021. Uh, but there's a cheaper way to buy this game, although you get one fewer ROM variant for your money. That konami arcade classics arcade classics anniversary collection which came out in 2019 for ps4 xbox one switch and pc on steam that game is often priced at around 399 in english money and includes a whole bunch of games uh for less than you'll pay just for haunted castle on the arcade archives label and the emulation is the same it's also by hamster um so worth picking that up Um, if you're interested by this show or indeed if you want to play Scramble or Thundercross or Vulcan Venture or Salamander. It's a nice little set. Our first correspondent for this show is from our Patreon, Pie. says I played through the game on the Arcade Classics collection using the Japanese version and don't have much to say about the experience except for the graphical upgrade from the NES games. It made me reflect on my opinions of arcade games that were formed in the 90s as opposed to the 80s. When I think of arcade games, I don't think of them as graphical showcases, but as location-specific video game opportunities. I'm at a pizza parlour and can play Mortal Kombat. The laundromat has a tubing machine. The skate rink has a table arcade version of Super Mario Bros. In the mid to late 90s, these games were outdated to current, uh, t- or concurrent to consoles and felt like something from the past and not a showcase of the future so i appreciate seeing haunted castle with its graphical improvements over its nest brethren it drives home from that for many years the arcade experience far exceeded what was available at home and if you're a fan of castlevania it would have been exciting to be able to see and play this souped up version at an arcade this is a very good point pecan pie because yes when i saw when i laid eyes upon this game in the arcades of the late 80s i was comparing it to my atari 8-bit computer and even if i was playing it in the early 90s games that i had on the amiga were generally you know i suppose i probably would have compared this to sword of sodan or something like that <laughs> uh, i mean that's always well. going to get a laugh <laughs> not not entirely dissimilar <laughs> gameplay wise either uh, i put this just above sword of Sodan.
1: unbelievable
0: uh there's up, not many <laughs> there's not many reviews of this game out there. Um but Nintendo Life re-reviewed the arcade archives version when it came out in April twenty twenty one and gave it a three out of ten. According to Wiki, Haunted Castle was not considered a success in the arcades by Konami. The game has a very poor reputation among the Castlevania fanbase. Criticism includes the main character being rather large when compared to other Castlevania games characters, and thus an easy target for enemy and obstacle hits, poor hit detection, and most prominently, the game's difficulty. Haunted Castle has been cited as being one of the most difficult Castlevania games in existence. Reasons for this are said to have been an overwhelming amount of enemies attacking the player and the limited amount of continues the game allows. And again, your mileage may vary depending on which version you play. We will go into more detail. And if you, uh, if you even
2: are in the market of
0: uh, using continues or not. Yes, yes. Uh, user reviews wise, actually, Nintendo Life has uh, 17 folks who have registered a rating and they're more complimentary about the game than the site itself. And it has an average of 6.3 out of 10, making it not uh, quite so miserable. So here we go again. The game's main hero is Simon Belmont. He wants to rescue his wife, Selina, from Dracula. The gameplay is simple. Simon goes from left to right and fights against various enemies, skeletons, zombies, bats, and others. That's how Moby Games puts it. And Wikipedia says, Haunted Castle is a platform game with six stages which are played through in a linear progression. The player controls the main character whose primary weapon is a whip, at least initially. He must fight various enemies which consist partially of skeletons, zombies, mermen, and hunchbacks. Have we covered all the food groups there? Skeletons, zombies, bats, and others? Zombies, mermen, and hunchbacks. I I said, what did I say? Fifteen enemy types. I've, there's yeah. also eyeballs, rocks. Mudman. Yeah. Uh, what else have we got? Mudman. Uh, Mudman. A lot of, a lot of bats oh, also. Yeah. A lot of bats. Yeah, mummies. Okay. Mummies. Yeah. It's a grab bag of. Uh, there's a of...
2: table also with cutlery and
1: uh, yeah and <laughs> food indeed. items. Yeah, that unless you got stop a stopwatch, in which in case it's just a table. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm sure I've seen. I can't remember if it's in one of your videos or somebody else's. That uh, the the best way to deal with the haunted table is keep on walking. Is that you? Yeah, you just yeah.
1: think it. You just stop watch it. Yeah, just
0: stop watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Why play it when you can just stop watch it? Um. <laughs> so yeah. Um. As I say, for the time as as Peek and Pie was saying, the actual the attract mode and the and the look of the graphics. I wouldn't say it was um, for my money like. Konami's greatest sprite artwork of the eighties of the era, but it was big and bold and brash and horrible and
2: yeah. I wonder how it would have looked on an arcade monitor now mm. on on modern screens. I think uh, there's an odd f- an odd flatness to the game in how uh, everything looks. Um, maybe it also has to do that there are no uh, layers of uh, uh, you know no parallax scrolling background layers. Or- yeah, that's true. Uh, a bit 2D, quite 2D. Yeah, yeah, a little bit 2D, yeah. And, uh, you know, you don't have to go all Jim Power in the last dimension, uh, of course. But, right. uh <laughs> You know, at least an extra layer of background scrolling would be nice. But I suppose the, <laughs>
3: the question is, what are we comparing it to? As arcade games at the time or coming off something like, you know,
4: Castlevania 2? Yeah, to, because... to,
2: I would comp- compare it directly to uh, Taito's and Saga, which uh, had a lot more, more depth uh, to it.
3: Yeah, no, I, I might mean, you probably should be compared to the arcade games at the time. But I think if you compare it yeah. to, you know, the, the two console games prior to it, it, it's quite a big jump from from seeing those yeah. run to to this as an arcade cabinet. You know, to sure. just show sure. you the power, you know, in that limited amount of time between you know, you know, a two-game series.
2: Yeah, 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 and, but yeah, I don't know. Let's not forget also that the uh, NES was—I uh, think—the original hardware was from 1984 yeah. or something, right? 83, so, yeah. yeah, 83, and then cheaper home consumer hardware, of course. So you'd uh, you'd expect for for pretty much anything to to be th- there, being quite a massive gap in graphical fidelity between the arcades and the NES.
0: What do you think about the visuals, Ben?
1: I, I don't know. Like I am, um, I really like how much they kind of pop out and stuff. You know, like I, I like how it. Uh, how big everything is and i think mm. if you're looking at games from that time arcades from that time like like you talk about the big gap between what you could get at home and what you could get there just to see a sprite that moved like a bigish sprite like that that kind of moved in that kind of way was kind of a big thing i really am um, but then i've spent a lot not a lot of time but i've spent quite a bit of time kind of playing this to be honest yeah so, like i i appreciate kind of the uh, i appreciate kind of the, the style in a lot of respects i think it's quite i think there's bits that you don't see in any other like like you say so? At what point was it something else? You know, mm. at what point were, were we taken over? Because there's stuff like, for example, you see like the kind of bone dragons, which obviously go on to become a big kind of feature. But then yeah. the bone dragon that you fight at the end of the second level, with the property of like the kind of dragon that you get in halfway through the second level, you know, like it feels like they merge those two, they merge those kind of two together really, and that really strange stained glass window monster. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Mm. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of very uh, yeah, there's not a... that
0: out of um, what was the film that had was it was it Sherlock Holmes Junior or so, Young Sherlock was that the was that the film that had a stained glass window enemy? It's in definitely it? been done. Yeah, from yeah, around that, was... that era, I wonder if but that I wonder if that, it that influence. It's got
3: like a tiny head, isn't it? It's like a pink, weird. <laughs> it just looks really weird when I was fighting. It was like it's, it's really good. Yeah. yeah, it looks like a
2: completely and, different and, 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 game. And, 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 it jumps around really crazily as well. Like it doesn't really, if you stop watching, okay. McKill. <laughs> and there's some
0: weird, weird. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. That's,
1: that's the answer to everything. It lands and gets wrecked. Yeah. Some
0: weird betrayals of the truncated development time. Like when you kill some enemies, they have a melt away or burn mm. or fade animation. But the big rock monster, <laughs> just, yeah. like so the level bizarre. just ends. Just I thought like, the, I thought the game had glitched on me. Yeah. No, that's just what happens. Because I was they,
2: playing it today in the train uh with the sound off, and uh I thought my game got stuck. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I guess they just run out of time or ROM space to have to show that monster actually crumbling apart. But you would really think it would be a an important reward for the player to when they've battled their way through how many st- is it four the stages at this point? Fine. And this rock monster's quite annoying because it kind of it's like it ducks away from your from your attacks there's a there's a yeah okay <laughs> you, can't, you can't stop <laughs> watching watch emerging here uh yeah, you just, haven't got the stopwatch then <laughs> anyway. yeah i was gonna say you can yeah, only yeah have, you can
2: you can you can hold on to it can I you hold me. on to yeah. it
0: yeah uh it's hard to avoid uh picking up some of the items anyway mm-hmm. um and yeah you'd think that like after uh, you if you would do it if you were playing a modern game action third person action game and it threw a massive rock monster at you. You would expect to be rewarded by some kind of, uh, you know, even if it was brief, some kind of scene of it smashing to pieces, whether it's Monster Hunter or Dark Souls or whatever. This just goes cut to black. <laughs> next, <laughs> yeah. next level. Yeah. Uh, uh, but funny
2: thing you say also about uh, Soda and Leon. Uh, mm-hmm. Ben was talking about uh, the big sprites, which is definitely cool. The main Simon sprite is, uh, is nice and chunky. Yeah. I do see that in some weird way, I do see that comparison because of the, you know, both in sort of Soda and in this game, they have such uh, awkward mm. walking animations, yes. you know? I think, I mean, the animation is smooth, but just the posture of the character <laughs> and the way that Simon walks is just, yeah. It has kind, been kind said, of awkward.
0: it looks like he has yeah. food poisoning and or diarrhea. Yeah, he needs to go uh, to the toilet. He's, yeah, he's trying to hold it in. <laughs> I think the idea is that he, uh, he he walks with his
2: elbow in front of him, right? I think he he has his weapon sheathed and then is ready to pull it out at any second. That's yeah. what it's supposed to look like. That's <laughs> uh, sick filth.
1: <laughs> Maybe yeah. he's anticipating the body shot, mate. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> Maybe. You've got but, to keep then... your elbows tight. you only got to catch one there and then your elbow goes straight in. You know. is a right. bat
0: or a zombie going to give you a body shot? A zombie
1: could easily. He's got hands on it. <laughs> He's a question. Same way as everybody else. You probably just find the range with the jab and then come inside. <laughs> and and then you get the thing that he has different weapons, right? So
2: you start out with a the whip, then when you upgrade it it becomes a, a mace like a ball and chain. Uh and then when you uh upgrade that again, it becomes a sword. Yeah. Um and the weird thing is like the animation is like a whipping animation because he uses one hand to pull back the whip and then the other uh hand to to mm. uh yeah, uh, uh, fly it forward, and then when you have the sword, it's like he grabs the
0: the blade, and then does the same sort of whipping animation with it. Visually, I also think this game has uh, some uh, shares some DNA with the the original uh, Famicom Castlevania that we talked about. In that there is a few areas where it's not that apparent, especially with the lack of parallax scrolling what's a safe place to stand and what Mm. what what isn't what's a gap what's a thing you can stand on and what you can't and obviously the game being short it's quick enough to learn you can try things out and playing it at home you're not worried about throwing your precious 10ps away but but again i think sometimes there's a couple of surfaces i was like is that a hole or is that something i can stand on or is it going to set me on fire and Um, it depends
2: on the version as well
0: like uh, right. some of the uh, raging
2: water yes, is dangerous to the touch in uh, or deadly to the touch in the uh, Western version, but then in the uh, Japanese version, you can just right. get submerged. Yeah, uh, and- yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. it counts yeah. As, just counts as a pet, doesn't it? Yeah. From a, that visual standpoint, it being an arcade game, I think it, it owes the player everything it can. I, uh, this goes against trying to earn money again, but it, it, because your money is on the line, it does owe mm. the player everything it can to at least make make you aware that what you're about to jump on is safe rather or a you know, rather yeah. than it crumbling away and somehow mm. it still kills you because you happen to kind of walk into That's its animation. But I think it also shows that yeah, this is a a game that was clearly you know short of staff and time and had to yeah, had to yeah. get pushed out. And it being of the time period, it it was what it was. But it yeah, it's it's weird playing it now, thinking okay, if you were putting your money into this machine, yeah, you would learn those mistakes as as you always do in any game. But,
2: but it's gonna cost when, you when your money's on the real line, world money. Yeah, yeah, to learn the yeah.
3: mistakes from you know necessarily art that didn't quite. Um, I guess uh, communicate to the player of, of what's going on, then yeah, that can be frustrating. Also, are they bats or are they birds? Because at the start, both. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Because in my head, I was like, well, they got to be.
1: There's two different they ones.
3: They've got to be bats yeah. because it's Castlevania. But then I was like, at the start, it's definitely birds.
1: They look like birds. There's some
0: Corvid's crows or whatever, ravens, and, and some bats. There's, there's a of lot bats. of them. Yeah.
1: Yes. They move differently. Uh, okay. They do like, move yeah. differently. So the yeah. crows will move like in a circular arc, whereas whichever, depending on which ROM you're playing, Uh, The bats will either go kind of straight uh, with a a small up or down, or if you're playing um, uh, the difficult rom, or if you're playing the second loop of one of the easier roms, then they'll Uh, go up and down on a much higher kind of arc, which should be more difficult, right? But is actually in a lot of respects easier to kind of dodge mm. them because when they go straight with not much up or down, you can't jump over them. Yeah. Yeah, Whereas you can jump over them, you can't duck under them. Mm. So when they come straight at you, you've basically got to kill them.
0: See, kids, this is how. This is how it was, even before FromSoft came along. It's it's actually. No, we all get talking,
3: obviously. But it is funny. I've been playing this game alongside Elden Ring. Yeah, same. Yeah, and. So funny. It is, there, there's some similarities there that actually have yeah, led me, I, yeah. I think maybe at a different time, I would have been more frustrated by playing this game, but it was like dying is just part of my DNA right now. And yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. it's <laughs> like,
0: okay, well, fine, I died, but yeah. I didn't learn why I Set died. Set your expectations yeah. differently. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah. But yes, again, the, the the context of experience of having bought the game on Arcade Archives and just sitting there with effectively... Yeah obviously none of us has infinite time in any sense um but effectively you've got as much time and, and credits as you want uh, uh compared to yeah my experience of trying to play at that wonderfully evocative arcade in the late 80s early 90s and thinking my mum's given me 10 uh, you know <laughs> yeah. a quid's worth of 10p's or I've I've taken uh, a qu- 2 quid out of my paper round money which was in the late 80s about uh, 6 pounds a week um, you did not want to be throwing away credits into a game that was n- not fun, you know, or not fair. There's
3: a question for Ben then. What do you reckon, how many times do you reckon,
0: or how much money would
3: it have cost you to get through this, <laughs> through for your experience of trying to, like, not necessarily, you know, one life it, but within the confines of the game, do you reckon it would have cost you a few hundred thousand? Depends <laughs> on the ROM. Yeah,
1: no, yeah, yeah it so. depends on the ROM. It's hard for me now because, like... um. I don't know, like, if you're talking, it would have cost a lot if I would have had to completely map the whole thing out, you know? Mm. Like, um, because the problem that you've got is the fact that, like, uh, you can't continue after a certain amount, right? Yeah. So, like, you've got to get... So it's even harder. So you've got to get good enough to do the first two or three levels so you can then die on the fourth and figure out how to how to do That's it, you know? That's generally
3: not something in arcade games. I might... Am might imagine that normally, if you just put another credit in, surely you can just push
0: forward? Not, there can't be that many; it just sends you right no, back to the this start. Is, no, it's quite unusual. Uh, it's not. It's not unheard of, but it's. Um, there, there were. There's quite a lot of Japanese shoot 'em ups which don't let you continue yeah, on yeah. the final stage. But uh, but there there were changes made to these ROMs deliberately designed to to. Screw you out of cash, basically. Yeah. But depending on the version you're that, playing, that was always the my
3: in my mindset of when I was playing. This is like I got to remember that you know, the the purpose of this game was yes to have enough fun that you would continue playing, but at the same time to kill you so you'd put more money in. Um
2: Yeah, we discussed this uh, topic a lot on on the video with this podcast. Actually, mm-hmm. you know that sort of short term gains. Uh, yeah, that you've seen a lot of um localized Western arcade games uh, and yeah. Western developed arcade games rather yeah. than. You know, like uh Japanese players being uh less forgiving of that sort of thing and uh yep. not just simply not touching a game when they mm. feel like they're being nickel and so glass. it's
3: fair to say Ben you wanna sat there and pumped all your quarters in or know, yeah, into a penny. It
1: depends if i en- it depends on if I was enjoying it, you know. Like that's yeah. the thing. Like if it's if it's fun then I probably would have done it. But I felt like I was getting the 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 big addiction for games like this for me is is that feeling of kinda of getting mm-hmm. better, you know? Like you know you're gonna die, you know, you know like, here's the thing, right? It's like with bosses, right? If I can beat a boss first time, it's rubbish. Like, that's not a boss. <laughs> like, how are you in charge of the level if some geezer can just turn up and figure you out straight away, you know? You better kick my ass a few times, and I better figure out what I need to be able to do to beat you because there's no kind of point otherwise, you know? So, like, I accept the fact that, that, uh, that, that, that I'm going to die in games like that, you know? I accept the fact that it's going to take a while for me to figure out patterns and tells and stuff like mm. that. But at that point, when you do... Uh, do you know what I mean when you do X and I go the right way and I can hit you it's worth it you know mm, it's 100% it. worth it it's, it's a similar it's a similar thing to a lot of things that I do I think in, in, in a lot of respects like if uh, things that, that that I do in life that I enjoy doing like if there's a I don't know I like that element of problem solving you know like of being able to try and Kind of take something, takes them to pieces, and then figure out like how the the best way of solving it. That
3: explains my arcade experience. I mean, I didn't quite go to the arcade as much as Leon, but you know, I did. my My father had a boat down on um, New Haven Marina, and they had a you know a fairly decent uh, ar- arcade down there, and I'd go yes. there every every week basically to support my you know come down here or come out on the boat or go in the arcade. Uh, yeah, sure, let's go in the arcade. <laughs> so you know, I I remember playing plenty of games in there, and it was just about that actually last week I got this far, but I know here I, this is how far I can get. And it was exactly. almost like... A- I think nine times out of ten, I never ever expected to complete any of the games. No, god it was knows. just about. Yeah. It can was a I rare treat. Further, yeah. and oh my god, I got further. How much further can I get?
0: And it was often it was just about the spectacle of it back then, yeah, and, exactly. and that is why that is why I would have been happy to play Haunted Castle a few times on that Tempe because even though I knew probably after the first time, I wasn't necessarily expecting to get any further than the tedious unfair wall, but I was still happy just to interact with the you know the this game that looked and sounded really cool and loud and it was you know i was a i was a cool guy whipping bats out the air so even though it might have only lasted if if i did have you know the extra 10p um a lot of arcade gaming back then for especially when i was a child um was not it wasn't really about you know bettering myself or getting good at these games occasionally that would happen as a sort of organic part of the process i started to complete things like double dragon and mexico 86 and whatever else but yeah as much as anything it was just about uh yeah the the fun of playing which is yeah why i still play video games now for the most part like as as we've discussed with ben before we all have our our own motivations and um but they're not it's not like there's there's no one size fits all like some games i like to play to get good at and get high scores and other games, I just I'm happy just to kind of you know just play them because playing is fun. Um,
2: yeah, and there is such a thing as hate playing. As well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true enough. Like I yeah. got so mad at Double Dragon Three on the NES that it decided to clear it.
0: Yeah,
3: right. Yes, you uh, yeah. you
0: had to you so, had to so all uh, that
2: sit
3: it. All down. that being said, and coming back to the actual visual style of this, do you reckon mm. the first level is the most visually appealing one to kind of get people to dump their uh,
0: their money in? I think for me for my money it is i mean i think this is something that actually uh maybe obviously there's a lot of castlevania games and we're going to cover a number of them in this podcast series i think uh often the opening stage is one of the most evocative Mm. in in a lot of the castlevania games because the approach to the castle the, the 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 rainy woods the the stormy sky the castle in the backdrop drop or whatever it's like pure gothic horror and the anticipation is sometimes better than the payoff i think Let's talk about the audio. As I say, it was a striking facet. And again, uh, to cast your minds back, especially if you're a younger listener, and I know our demographics, use are slightly older on the whole, but if you imagine that at home, your consoles sounded uh, relatively unsophisticated, oftentimes, 8-bit sound chips and whatever, you come to the arcades and you, your ears will be blasted off by tunes with multi-channels and bass and percussion and and uh things that sounded like actual keyboards and um sampled screams and all that kind of thing and um and yeah i think uh the audio here is is probably one of the factors that did perhaps help lure me back to this game even though i found the actual gameplay frustrating
4: yeah
2: it's funny because um konami arcade games at this time were Ridden with speech most of the time, you know? Like, it yeah. just wouldn't shut up to you. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, this one only has the screams in there. It doesn't have m- people talking at you or anything like that. Mm. Maybe it wouldn't really fit the mood and the atmosphere either, but still.
0: Ben, you're a fan of music, right?
1: Yeah, massively. Yeah, this soundtrack's incredible, you know? Like, uh, there's loads of bits that are dead good. Like, And it fits what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like the first kind of the first level theme seems quite heroic, which I'm a fan of, mm-hmm. and then the the theme the song when the fourth level when you're like creeping around the catacombs and all those mummies are turning up is really mysterious. Mm-hmm. And the last level where is really heroic as well, and then you have got bloody tears in there as well, have not you? Yeah. yeah, there ain't a bad song on this for me. It's easier to do when you haven't got as many songs. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's easier to write. It's easier to write good EPs than it is good albums. Mm. You know, if you've only got to write, it's the truth though, isn't it? Right. If you're going to write six songs, I was, I always yeah, remember yeah. loads of bands I used to go see would, would, you'd put an EP out and you're like, these are amazing. I remember getting the first Funeral for a Friend EP, it was incredible. And then I got the album, I was like, this is, you can't write 11 of these. <laughs> you, know I mean? you can do Not- five really good, but you can't really do 11 to this standard. <laughs> like, and that's, that's the kind of, and I, here's the thing, I don't know if they could have done, to be honest, but it doesn't matter because they didn't have to. You know, they, have to, they just had to write five or six, like, or seven or whatever it is. Absolute bangers. And yeah. uh, they, they all are for me. Like, I don't think there's a bad song on this for me.
0: Shared among three composers, Kenichi Matsubara, Masahiro Ikariko, and the person mysteriously known as T. Uh, yeah, um, perhaps slightly less uh, slap bass and gank or orchestra stab uh, compared to your average Konami game of the era. Uh, perhaps it wouldn't have fitted but then we've seen castlevania games kind of dance around the prog jazz genre (laughs) as well so um yeah what do you reckon tony this so this was all new to you
3: yeah i I really like that kind of first level i mean like that's a that's a really good one i played it a lot so i know it well but yeah overall i once again in context of A time period it came out. I mean, obviously, you know, playing it for the first time now and having little context from from the time. But there was some. There was nothing in there. I was going, "Oh, this is terrible." There was Mm. there was music that actually it it was pushing me along to what I was doing within within the game, and that you know they sounded sounded good now. So, yeah, as somebody that doesn't have you know huge amounts of history of the series um mm. but I, I i was reading up and a lot of people were saying oh yeah it's got the main themes in there so mm. you know i assume it,
0: it 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 carries on in that tradition um right well yes the soundtrack was composed in part by konichi matsubara who had previously worked on castlevania 2 simon's quest go back and listen to that podcast if you haven't already several music tracks in haunted castle that have been reused in other castlevania games Bloody Tears first heard in the previously released Castlevania 2 is used as a theme for Stage 3. Another arcade piece, the Stage 1 theme Cross Your Heart, was reused in Castlevania Portrait of Ruin on the DS under the title Crucifix Held Close and as an unlockable song in Castlevania The Dracula X Chronicles. It's part of the Akumajo Dracula medley that appears in Konami's Dance Dance Revolution Ultra Mix 3, originally appearing in the Japanese arcade and PS2 music game series Keyboard Mania along with Bloody Tears Clockworks Beat, which plays during Stage 5, which was remixed in Castlevania Dawn of Sorrow, also on the DS under the name Underground Melodies. And finally, Don't Wait Until Night, played during Stage 6, was remixed in Castlevania Aria of Sorrow on the GBA for Julius's theme, which is called Heart of Fire. You can play, of course, Aria of Sorrow and the other two GBA games on the even more recently re-released Compilation also by Hamster of the, uh, the the three GBA games on current, uh, well, last-gen systems and current-gen systems. Steve Norman from the forum says, This is the most unwelcoming game I've ever played, but I really wanted to experience the sights and sounds of Castlevania on arcade hardware and stuck with it for way longer than it deserved. Then the Konami Arcade Anniversary Collection came along with its Japanese version update and suddenly it was more accessible. And while that doesn't fix fix its very average Castlevania gameplay, the feast for the senses I always hoped was in there somewhere. So yeah, controlling Simon in this game. We've talked about his walk cycle, his run, I say run, his plod animation. There's another game it reminds me of is uh, the Bitmap Brothers Gods, the... 1991 Amiga and ST platformer similar sort of uh, walk animation um but yeah what i would say is that i again i suspect people coming to this now thinking whether they've picked it up on one of the releases modern releases and thinking oh it's a castlevania arcade game probably the thing that strikes you first is how a kind of uh, yeah chunky uh, how how simon's movement sort of replicates the look of his sprite he's a little less nimble and agile than he is in most of the other castlevania games certainly the 2d ones uh perhaps the 3d ones uh are a separate case in some cases but
1: yeah i think the the thing about him as well that's maybe a bit um i don't know like that maybe you wouldn't expect is you can actually like after to touch on your jump a little bit mm. which you which you can't in any of the other games of the time No, right. So like you can jump straight up and then drift forward a little bit or you can jump forward and then jump back a little bit. So like um, in terms of like you haven't got that finality of jumping that you've got in uh, Ghosts and Goblins or something like that or or a game of that kind of nature. Um, You have got the ability and that's handy for some of the the more platformy bits, especially in the second level where you're jumping on the the platforms over the the water. Yeah, that's actually
0: a mitigation against some of the frustration that the game is otherwise quite happy to leave you with Uh, because i mean that's one of the things that people who aren't uh who aren't in love with or brilliant at ghosts and goblins and ghouls and ghosts really struggle with is the is the lack of um, the lack of jump uh malleability i suppose the the in-air adjustments which um which a lot of us expect from modern platformers now and it's it's sometimes hard to go back but yeah this has i mean the platforming itself there's not that much uh there's there's not much that you would kind of really say is uh like pixel perfect it's it's fairly it's fairly generous yeah, um that's, yeah. it, 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 i didn't find any for all the difficulties and frustrations that this game has the platforming is not so much one of the the real sticking points it's more about the enemies and the collision and and things like that i would say
1: yeah they're... yeah I think, I think that's fair to be honest i think there's there's the sections where you do have to platform are quite um yeah are quite generous and helped by the fact that you can uh manipulate the jump a little bit yeah do you know what I mean that, that there is that kind of bit of a that bit of wiggle room if you could just if it was like a regular Castlevania game and you could just jump straight and not move afterwards, I think mm. this would be a lot more difficult <laughs> you're right yeah
3: yeah I mean there's a couple of times where it's it's about timing it's like not jumping off a platform if there's a fire that's lit directly beneath you and working yes. out when to do that um I found it. First time through, more interested in trying to get up a set of stairs, believing I would have to platform my way up rather than just pushing up <laughs> on the d pad. Uh, um, ah, yes, which is quite funny. It was for like a minute, I was literally jumping up and down, going to land on the stair like, What, Yes, yeah, Castlevania classic. Do, I mean, <laughs> this one
0: does actually let you, does it, does this one actually let you jump halfway up the stairs, or do you just jump through them I in just, this one? I, I just know, kept jumping it. through them,
3: and it's yeah, it was, right eventually, right, yeah, jump through eventually, worked yeah. out you just press up, and it's like, Oh, yes, okay,
0: that would. You know, it makes probably more sense just to jump on that. But fine, it's peculiar <laughs> peculiarity of the of the the, the franchise. Actually, that kind of—I mean, it's not the only one that does it, but it's uh, it's something that is. Yeah, uh, again, in a modern game, you'd expect to be able to. Yeah, you you either manually it's, just walk yeah, it towards it. on it sounds weird, or, but it, it feel like it takes you out it. the world because if you can jump on every other platform, <laughs>
3: why can't yeah. you jump on the stairs that are halfway up? Because they're stairs. Uh, yeah, Do not
0: jump <laughs> on the stairs. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Mickey, how do you feel about the the controls and the locomotion and the platforming?
2: It's all a bit stodgy, isn't it?
0: Um, Is it? I mean, yes. <laughs> Explain why you would describe it as such.
2: Yeah, it's just uh, you know you you walk along at a plodding pace, um, and there's a, sort of a judderiness to, especially the stair walking, um, <laughs> hmm. and. I don't know. I think this is just the game feels uh, feels clumsy to me. Um, I think the massive the hitbox being pretty much bigger than the character sprite even is uh, also uh, plays into it. So I can't say I'm a big fan of the the gameplay. That said. Um, you know, once you learn it, it, it's not RNG based, right? So there's a definite nope. learning process to mm-hmm. it. Once you learn all its quirks and everything, yeah, there's definitely a way to get around all that, as Ben is, of course, uh, proven as well. Yes. Uh it doesn't mean that I'm very much in love with the with the gameplay. Yeah. Uh I was mentioning Rastan earlier. You mm-hmm. know, Rastan. uh yeah. Is kind of my uh go-to example for a fine arcade hacker slash platformer. Yeah. Hmm. I will say this though, even though it comes nowhere near that, uh, Haunted Castle in the Gameplay Department is at least better to me than uh, Rastan Saga's uh, follow-up, uh, also known as Nastar, oh, which yeah. is a shockingly <laughs> bad sequel. Uh, so yeah, I've grown to appreciate it at least a little bit more than uh, the sequel to Rastan. Where does so there, it so sit there on that. your
0: so, Where does Nastar sit on your sort of sodanometer?
2: uh it's still better than sort of solo because <laughs> mega, mega
0: drive or amiga version
2: uh both probably <laughs> i have never played the amiga version, but i can't oh, i can't oh, imagine it's it, i can't imagine it's much better than the mega drive version
0: um it's different they they reworked it for the mega drive better or worse is um you know it's like uh yeah it's the like color um, of diarrhea you prefer ca- yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> but um <I'm... laughs> <laughs>
3: so, but I'm trying to think like what would be a a different way of approaching because because ultimately the game design here is actually just navigate things coming at you, yeah, um, and remembering patterns pretty much. So I'm trying yes. to think yeah. like if if the character move any faster, it would probably make some of those a little. Well, no, sometimes I felt like I I needed a little bit of a sprint button to move away from something that was coming and I didn't have time to turn around and hit. Hmm. But you know I don't think they could necessarily have made it. Too much faster, and yeah, the jump animation's so so, but yeah you know, i never felt I never died because I was poor poor at the jumping stuff so i I feel like for the gameplay it's... the actual idea of the gameplay of what trying to hit things and not be hit, I think yeah. it, the actual movement's fine if even if it feels incredibly stiff, certainly by modern day standards yeah. to to move around the environment in some regards it it actually helps a little bit because you haven't it got that kind bit. of, you haven't got that kind of inertia movement to actually bring you into yeah. something you stop and you not too stop. twitchy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But there's also very little in the way of improvisation. There is some, but uh, it's, it's a fairly rote. Oh game, yeah. Uh, mm. Which is kind of funny when it you certainly hasn't
3: rewrote, re- rewrote the book in any way, shape or form. Did it? It It's it stuck very, yeah you know,
2: very down the so road. It, it's funny that the main character is called Simon because it does feel very much like a game. You need to sort of learn. It's, it's uh <laughs> beats from uh a la simon says you know but mm-hmm. um yeah and and kind of because i didn't really enjoy the gameplay that much i enjoyed it early on trying to figure things out uh i basically played a little bit of copy monkey and just watched ben's uh walkthroughs and try yeah. to you know just shortcut my way through uh, learning the game that way which is something i i don't typically enjoy doing i enjoy doing learning a game yes. myself but yeah. The being that I don't re- didn't really enjoy the act of playing, you know. Yeah, let somebody
0: else I do the like, learning for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I would say if there was one kind, if there's one thing game design philosophy that it has that, or, or one trick or tactic that you have to use more than any other to get through this game, and uh, uh, this is based on watching Ben and and also playing it myself, is hitting things and then backing off like backing off a bit is kind of one of the essentials of this game because either things don't die on the uh, first hit or they they die and then they come back to life or yeah. they uh or the, they the spit out a, are yeah.
2: a good example of that yeah that's a funny thing where i deviated from ben's uh, tactics mm-hmm. uh, i pretty much uh Heretic. figured out uh after many tries okay it's actually just better just to hop over them. You can mm-hmm. just hop over them. There's there's no advantage <laughs> it's to a killing choice of them. tactics. Depends yeah, on you what ROM just, you're playing. Yeah, in the in the ah. Japanese ROM. I don't know which variation of the Japanese ROM I was playing because They're very similar, uh, to be the, honest in the collection. But yeah. yeah, in the Japanese ROM, I just walk forward towards the mudmen and hop over them and then uh, yeah, be on my merry way.
1: Yeah, the problem is if you're playing the if you're playing the the infamous one, then each mudman takes uh, eight damage, which is half your <laughs> health. Right, sheesh. <laughs> But like,
2: are they moving fast or anything? Because I could pretty much hop over them flawlessly. I never got damaged when I figured that out.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure to be honest with you. But um, yeah. it, like it can... maybe a,
2: a bad spawn gets in the way. Yeah, but, well, that's uh, the thing.
1: There is more, yeah. and like it's like like we always say with the tougher stuff. It's like it's a uh, mitigation of risk, right? Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if if I if I know I'll, I I'll tell you
2: once you once you learn the mudman jump, it's uh it's a kinch. I never got into trouble with them afterwards.
1: Stay simple.
0: Let's get into those differences. We've we've teased it long enough. Um, some of the sort of common criticisms. Uh, I actually found this, this is a, a reference that I've never used before in the history of the uh, 500 and whatever rin- hundred and Rinse podcasts. It is the and simply because I found it had an entry on there, this is the crappy games wiki, <laughs> where, <laughs> which, which haunted castle, I'm sorry to say has an entry on. Um, and so these are some of the points and, and, and I'm sure these will, uh, th- that are made as, as why this game qualifies for the crappy games wiki. Um, and hopefully some of these will lead us into talking more about the nuances, the difficulty in the balance between the various versions. Um, there's also the dip switches to consider, which I think there's only a couple of options with that, aren't there? Uh, nothing too major. Um, but yeah, there's five ROMs, effectively. Two Japanese, two US, and one European. Um, crappy Games Wiki says, and this will obviously... This, some of these are ROM specific, some of them aren't. Sprites are large and clunky, giving little room for the player to manoeuvre and dodge incoming attacks. It doesn't help the fact that simon moves very slowly fair enough i would say mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the international versions version m the enemies are so overpowered that even a bone tossed by a skeleton can kill you in only two hits even with full health true
1: i don't know actually like i know touching a skeleton can it's eight damage it would <laughs> yeah. surprise me to be honest so
0: yeah this is your cue ben tell us about the different roms and what the what what the differences mean and how much they affect the gameplay and and why they've had such an impact on how people look at this game because like at its best i think this i think it'd be fair to say for most people this game would still be considered flawed but perhaps uh in 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 the uh, the easier ROMs, there's there's fun to be had, right? And obviously, it is possible to break the back of the harder ROMs, but you can understand, as you've already said, why some people just find it beyond the pale. So what what's what's the
1: deal? What's going on? So it all comes down to one thing. It comes down to ROMM, right? You've heard us mention it a couple of times. Mm. ROMM is the infamous ROM that is completely unbalanced and probably the one that made him kind of revise the whole thing now there was we only, over in the eu we only got one uh, everyone yeah. we got Rummy. Mm-hmm. in uh, japan they got two and in the us they got two so in japan they got n and p which are very similar mm-hmm. in all fairness uh, in the us they got uh, m which i think was the first one and then they got right. k okay so i think they got m first mm. and then everybody was like this is silly you know <laughs> <laughs> this is it this is just kind of too difficult yeah. the funny thing is that everybody thinks that in m everything is maxed out, right, uh, to, the, to the, the most kind of difficult. And in mm-hmm. a lot of respects, it is, but not in everything, you know? Like, there's things in M that are easier than, than all the rest, you know? And, like, I won't refer to them all oh, specifically. Really? I'll just honestly just say M and the rest, because N, P, K, and E are very similar.
0: Oh, sure. Okay. V- okay.
1: Very, very similar. Yeah. Whereas M, the infamous Rom M, mm-hmm. is uh, the most difficult one. Like, for example, like, uh, the, the final boss that you get to, like Dracula, has got a teleport attack. On uh, the, the other ROMs, this does one damage, right? And this attack is the uh, the greatest example of something that has been uh, massively increased in the amount of damage. In M, it does six damage. So that's six times more powerful. And bearing in mind, you've only got 16 health. And there's no health pickups during the levels. Mm. So, um, so yeah. that's... No wall chicken. No, none. So that's it. And there's a no, wall like as well, so... Yes, yeah. like <laughs> everybody <laughs> should have had a chicken. in That's it. the one, right? So, yeah. like, um, so that's the, the kind of biggest one. But other kind of big ones are things like, for example, um, on uh, every other rom, uh, the bats do one damage. They do mm. two on M. You mm. know, <laughs> like um, walking into it, an enemy does a ridiculous amount of damage. On on uh, all the others, most of the enemies do two damage if you walk into them. Yeah. On uh, M, they do eight which is half your health. <laughs> Hence why you can literally die on the first... If people say, oh, I died on the first screen. It's nothing you hear too often in kind of very difficult games. You can 100% die on the first screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the first enemy you encounter is a skeleton. There's a couple of bats, but the first thing that you have any real trouble with is a skeleton. If you don't attack it and you just touch it twice, you die. You're dead. That's your, that's your, that's your game done. Yeah. Um. But as I said, there's other things that aren't as difficult. For example, the, uh, the Flea Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, only do one damage in M, and they do huh. two in all the others. Okay, like the um, the level uh, level five, the penultimate level, where you have to memorize the order that those platforms come in when you go on that lift that goes upwards. Yes, on M they do one damage. On everything else, they do two. Hmm. You okay. know, like, so it uh, is a
0: slight rebalancing rather than just a let's just make this as hard as possible. And yeah. and U.S. folks will just keep piling the money in for whatever reason. Yeah yeah okay
1: the, the the and that's the the problem is is the m's the version that most people end up playing mm. if you buy the the emulated versions m's the first one um if you get um if you uh, are into the uh, the wonderful world of uh, piracy like me like uh, the first rom that you download if you download haunted castle mm. uh, it's rom m Is you it? know yeah 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 you've got to download a set and then they're all called like Haunted Castle K, Haunted Castle E. Yeah, yeah. And so
2: just... MS like the parent rum or something. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah.
1: So like, um, so so the the thing with it is, is the fact that like, um, and and one final bit on it, like uh, we've had these conversations before, uh, and I've been on these uh, shows before, and we've talked about playing Japanese rums and them being different, you know, for a lot of yeah, reasons. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the whole reason that I ended up doing The Simpsons was because we had that conversation about doing the Japanese rums because cool. it was a different gaming experience. Yeah, like um. But what I notice generally is it's very rare that a, a different ROM set will make me change the way I fundamentally have to play a game or mm. approach a game. I'll just have to be a bit more careful. Um, but ROMM, for you to be able to do the last level, which is the level with the bats on the bridge that's collapsing, you need to change the way you play that on ROMM. Um, because the bats do more damage. Yeah, yeah. So basically, like, you walk across a bridge that's collapsing, and there's mm-hmm. theres 15 bats, right? So <laughs> It's really can...
0: long and repetitive. Yeah, so <laughs> you is. can...
1: But here's the thing, right? You can While you're walking along, if you walk and then press, a, press attack, you'll stop for a second and then carry on walking. Yes. You can do that eight times, right? Now, once you've done that eight times, there's another seven bats left. <laughs> now, you can walk into them, take seven hits worth of damage, and then when you get to... Providing you're on full health, when you get to Dracula, you'll have nine health and you'll waste him. He's not very difficult. No. But the problem is with Rom-M is all those take double damage. All the bats do double damage. <laughs> so um, you first and foremost, like uh, you can't just walk through all of them because you die halfway through. Okay? You yeah. can't walk and hit like a... Uh, walk and hit eight of them and then do the last seven because that'll leave you with two health. And Dracula's mm-hmm. first... Uh, teleport <laughs> unless you're incredibly lucky always hit and that's now <laughs> six damage instead of one so what you have to do and what i had to do in order to uh and this two gauges to be honest with you, in order to get the last bit down mm. is you have to memorize the first two or three bats so you can jump hit them in midair yeah. and then carry on walking yes um and what you can do then is take out the first like i can't remember i think i took the first three out and then I could do it, yeah. and then I could basically kill it, and then I could hit another eight. So then there was only another four bats left. So I had to get hit by four bats, which yeah. meant I went and dragged. So in that eight. would
0: be filed these days under simply poor, unfair game design. The fact that you have to take damage.
1: Yeah, you don't have to because you could learn them all quite easily. Or there's a technique that you can use with the cross, which which is hard to do. But like, um, if you fire a cross as you jump. Mm-hmm. One goes on a low level and one on a high level. And if yeah. you know roughly when the bats are coming, you can take them out fairly easily, you know?
0: You've had to so save up a lot of hearts to that point? Do they? Yeah, but they there's, come loads across...
1: to, there's loads of the level before, though. Right. Plus, every time you kill a bat, you get a heart um, okay. on that bit. And the fifth right, right. and the tenth bat give you a big heart, which is uh, five okay. uh, five hearts as well.
0: So is it possible to beat the game without taking any damage at all, theoretically? Yes. Wow. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, uh, I've never okay. seen
1: it. But no, it is, it <laughs> no. Is, uh, Yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of possible. It's possible to obviously, and we'll talk about like there's multiple loops, you know. Um, mm. obviously, yeah, like it. uh, it's it's just gets it. Like it's funny because like all the other ROMs get more like M when you play the <laughs> yeah. second loop. The, da- the damage well, that makes change. sense, yeah. Because
0: that, of course it that a traditional uh, Konami thing in particular to have a
1: massively up ramped difficulty on yeah. on loop two. Like I say, the damage doesn't change, but there's just more stuff yeah there's there's more stuff like i am um, uh I think I've got to level five before will loop two, will five, so the last one before the uh, yeah, the one before I think I died on the on the Frankenstein or just before the Frankenstein, so that's like right near, and I think if I could have provided the bad stuff wasn't too different, too different, which I don't see how it could've been on the last level, uh, I probably could have two looped that, um but like it's just. It's as as we talked about when we did the uh, the Castlevania NES show. Like uh, the second loop of that is just bats everywhere, and that's the thing with the second loop of this. Mm. Like there's just so many more bats, and you find that the bats on the other ROMs behave like the ones on M. So they do massive big swooping arcs. And there
0: and, like, really isn't a lot of room to maneuver because your hitbox is is so big. The it's a horizontal uh, oriented screen game. Yeah. Um. So there's there's not much leeway for uh, for getting out the way of stuff. Um, and again so yes theoretically you can learn it all but as crappy games wiki says for the next one enemies are often positioned to knock you down into the many bottomless pits true it's a common frustration in other castlevania games but in this version it's even worse
1: yeah well like i say if, if you're playing it if you play an m then that's instant death <laughs> so <Yeah>. that, <laughs> Amazing. that is annoying whereas if you're playing the japanese versions and i think k and e as well to be honest it just takes a big yes. chunk of your health, and like takes a back Zelda it. hole. Yeah, uh, it a yeah, it takes you back to a checkpoint. Just takes, but you keep your um weapon that you've got. Keep your stuff and you keep your yes. power up. Yeah, Thank so it's, goodness it, for that. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of quite fair. I think I had one on the on the, the one I streamed uh, this evening. I think I I, I got the, another thing we'll talk about when we get to it is the fact that you can run faster than the screen scrolls.
0: So oh, so yeah.
1: like um I had a bit where I got up the stairs and jumped too early, and the screen hadn't scrolled all the way up, and like uh. I hit my head on the top of the screen and then fell into the pit because <laughs> I didn't have yes. space to like. I also
2: picture. with the downward scrolling, I think I jumped into a, a, a pit too early. Yeah, yeah. And I was on the floor. My character was off screen, uh, you know, past the bottom of the screen, getting hit by a mummy <laughs> and uh, that sort of thing. It's what pretty, lot? yeah. It's pretty janky in, in lots of places. There's
3: also that. There's a weird thing where I think it's like stage one or whatever it says in the bottom corner on the first level, and it actually goes behind the the sprites of the grass. As you move across. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's,
0: it's really weird. Peculiar quirk. Peculiar <laughs> Even
2: quirk. <laughs> the uh, UI goes uh, behind scenery. Yeah, that's you know? exactly, uh, that, that exactly is really what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Right. Um,
0: it's like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah it's a, instead of parallax scrolling, that's what they had for immersion. Um, crappy Games Wiki continues. The game, again, probably ROM dependent, is a shameless attempt to milk the player for more money because you're only allowed to use a limited number of credits per game and only a single life per credit, credits can either be used as lives, extra health, or to play the game with full health, in which case, you must beat the whole game in one life. That depends on the ROM, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: I don't the, the funny thing with it is, is like... Uh... Once you like, once you kind of get, there's a few kind of clutch points where you'll find that like a, a lot of times you'll kind of die, or a lot of times you'll once you learn about a few things that you've got to, and there's and they're very kind of simple, really. Like like you said about the thing about walking back, that saves you so much health. Yeah, especially on the level with all the mummies, because the problem with them is they come out of those, uh, they randomly come out of those coffins, don't they? And fire and, like, something
0: out of their ankle. That's no the thing. <laughs>
1: so if you walk close enough to spawn and then walk back and then turn around and duck, like they can't fire, and, and you'll, you'll be able to hit them in time to kill the thing they fire and to kill them. Whereas if you're too close, you'll either get hit by them, which on ROM M is uh, eight damage, I think, um, or you'll get hit by uh, the projectile, which I think six on, on M. Like, so like that's why I got loads of runs where I got to there. Before I figured out the whole walk up, back up, do you know what I mean? Like mm. take, take your time, like find your distance kind of thing. I'd get there loads of times and be like, how am I supposed to do this? Like I get, I spawn them and then they kill me straight away. And then I was like, hang on, I, I need to work something out.
0: <laughs> yeah. And the bosses are weird in that there's this game that is extremely challenging in the sense that even if you get good, like Ben has, you've had to learn it and take a lot of damage through stuff happening that you weren't able to predict or whatever, or being knocked down holes, whatever. But then you get to the bosses um and in many cases it's yeah they're they're quite quick quick to take down with especially with um using a stopwatch or whatever stopwatch. whatever's available <laughs> to you at the time yeah. and and again it's interesting stop I know hammer time it's all in our minds at the moment um because you know like virtually everyone on my friends list on the consoles is, is playing Elden Ring but it's quite it is quite funny seeing thinking about the consp- con- uh, comparisons mm. between you know the highest rated game of the 2020s versus one of the lowest rated games of the 1980s and how many similarities there are um in terms of like you know what's is it cool to cheese a boss is it okay is that actually fun or uh, would you would you actually rather have enjoyed something that was more uh you know required more knowledge and, and experience and execution it's it seems like an odd like i don't know if these bosses were meant to be just like Here's something fun to look at to finish the level, or um, I mean, certainly the the Rock Monster took me more practice and and effort than some of the others. For instance, Dracula's final form, which is <laughs> it's easy, yeah. which is just ludicrously straightforward. Which is yeah, the, sort of the like,
2: Golem is the most annoying for sure. Uh, yeah. Even just trying to hit it, I wasn't sure like where I was supposed to hit no, it for a long time no. either.
1: Yeah, sometimes you
2: seem like to to be hitting it, and then all of a sudden, you know, nothing happens, and then
1: randomly, you think you're hitting it in the same spot, and then it starts flashing. Same, yeah. You need a certain amount of energy to do that, like uh, because, and that's the thing. Like, whereas it is possible to do this game without getting hit, the problem is is that uh, depending on where you are, the golem can fire that kind of burst of rocks at you, and if it's at a certain height, it's unavoidable. Uh, Exactly, but but it's random. That's the thing.
2: You can you can't duck it, and you can't jump over.
1: Yeah, like. Or maybe not unavoidable, but incredibly difficult to avoid. You know what I mean? Like because the, I remember famously like uh, I I was streaming one and I was like it fired the one at the the top height and I remember jumping it and uh, I only remember it because it, cause it got time stamped. But um, but like I couldn't do that. I can't reliably do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like um, the thing with the golem is is you need to lure it into doing one attack pattern. And when it does one attack pattern, it's dead easy. But mm. um, it's random as to the path that it takes to get to you know. You need to stand. The problem is you need to stand quite close to it so it moves in, and yeah. then when it moves in, you stand in between the two pillars. And instead of doing the the rock attack, it'll do like a hammer fist attack, where it tries to hit you with its fist. But like um, if you're far enough back, it'll still think it can hit you, but it won't be able to. So it will just stand there repeatedly trying to hit the floor, and then you'll just butcher it. You know, Choose like that
0: boss. Is it
3: possible to actually beat the game without upgrading your weapons, or do you actually need certain
1: upgrades to get past certain bits otherwise it's completely doomed you can do it, you can do the whole thing with just the whip if you wanted to but it's just, it everything would take loads longer mm. so I mean, you might even run out of time, I don't know
0: oh yeah, time limit, I mentioned funny, that hey? of course, being, a,
1: <laughs> being an arcade game of the yeah, era it got
0: me once
2: uh, versus the golem as well the time limit oh really?
0: wow yeah. huh. uh, how important are the sub-weapons in this particular Castlevania? Uh, are they fun anyone any thoughts on the sub weapons normally quite a significant part we've still got that slightly unusual thing which confused me back in the day i think this was probably the first castlevania game i ever played but i didn't know it was a castlevania game because it was called haunted castle um and so this was the first time i came across the thing of Collecting hearts. Why isn't it filling my health? God, it (laughs) took me a while
3: to work that out. I was like, "Just, I know what. What are these hearts doing? Surely, (laughs) Castlevania Classic.
1: Yeah, because you don't get any. You don't get a sub weapon till halfway through. That till you're nearly at the end of the first level, do you? Yeah. You get the the bombs. bombs. You get the bombs like there just before you fight the uh, before you fight Mm. the Medusa, right? Mm -hmm. And so you don't. You don't actually, but you can still pick hearts up at that point. But then you later learn or find out that obviously the having collecting is. As many hearts as you can become central to uh, to getting mm. good clears. Really, mm. I learned it from
2: you. Yeah, watching your videos. Yeah, the end of yeah. the tower. That's, that's the only way to keep your health topped up.
1: Uh, exactly. Yeah. Game, yeah. So that's why. So, for example, like uh, on the first level, for example, like uh, the, the best way to get the most energy uh, is to uh, wait till you've got the two skeletons on the bridge on at once, because if you kill them both at the same time, they'll both drop bombs, which is ten hearts. Because if you pick another weapon up, it gives you an extra five. Hearts to do it. Yeah. Um, so if you kill them both, they'll drop two bombs, and you'll collect the first one, and then the second one will just give you a supplementary, like five. It uh, will give you kind of an extra five kind of hearts and stuff. That's why the level, like um, the uh, the one in like the catacombs, you collect basically all the weapons for that. You know, because you've got the uh, you've got the stopwatch from before, but you collect like the bombs and the boomerangs, and the, there's another bomb, and then by the time you get to the end, like it's like the amount of energy that you'd save. From keep because you've got the stopwatch when you come in, the amount of energy that you'd save from using the stopwatch isn't worth the amount of energy that you'll get back by collecting Mm. all the weapons because you won't take that much damage from the Mm. golem generally, you know. And you'll get, and if you do all the weapon swapping, you'll get to the end of the golem fight with about 25 hearts. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you've only, you only need 16 to get full health.
2: So you end up in a situation where. You don't use sub weapons unless you really have to. Cuz uh, just stacking those stacking those hearts
0: uh is more important.
4: Huh.
0: So, uh this is confusing to me. I also wasn't sure so on the <laughs> on the Japanese rom uh that I was focusing on, uh it seemed that my health doesn't uh you don't get any back between levels, but watching other people play it seemed like they were getting health back between stages
2: that is that is the uh, uh, amount of hearts that, you that is the hearts thing right? yeah. 100 okay.
0: that's, that's the oh, same okay, in all okay. of them that's kind of a major mechanic that i yeah hitherto wasn't really aware of i assumed that yeah. this being a castlevania game the hearts just meant uses of sub weapon
1: yeah
2: yeah they they do but then they double as uh, your, how much health you get replenished yeah. at the start of a new level Whoa. So the more hearts you still have uh, in excess, the more yeah. health you get back.
1: Like And hence why, like, weapon swapping as much as possible. Because you get five hearts per weapon that you collect. Makes <laughs> the whole yeah. thing a lot easier.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty big deal. And something that, even putting this show together, I don't think <laughs> i even read anywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think
3: I learned that from watching someone else stream it. Um, right. Just, like, making sure, like, we need to get this because I need that amount of hearts for the next level. Okay. Yeah, I must have I must have missed
0: it. when they were talking about that mm. because I, <clears throat> I was aware that people were uh, stocking a lot of hearts, but I assumed this was for just for, you know, using more crucifixes later on or whatever. Uh, I didn't realise it was actually, and I realised health was being restocked, but I, I wasn't sure. I just I assumed it was a, a ROM version or a dip switch variant or something.
1: Yeah, is it, it's not written anywhere, is it? And I understand mm. that. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It, for me, it was the way around.
3: I was... Once I re- realized the hearts I was getting weren't actually filling up my health bar, which was odd for the for the start. Yeah, yeah. And I, But I, I realized then, I was like, okay, well, these are about stocking these up for the end of the level, because that's what's going to give me back the health that I've lost during that level. And it's important I keep on doing that. It took me ages to realize I had any corresponding link with anything else within the game, though. <laughs> so, oh, okay, um, right. Yeah, it's just, it just you know, communication in a game like this is
0: obviously quite hard, but... All
4: right. yeah.
2: There's no, there's no tool tips and there's no, uh, <laughs> tutorial face. No. no,
0: no, no, there's a, there, there, there's a, uh, there's a operator manual that you can find online uh, scanned in as a PDF, but I don't think even that, uh, that tells you more about the PCB layouts and soldering requirements <laughs> <laughs> rather than, no rather soldier. than little things like, uh, which you don't want to be doing. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Fascinating, right? And this is why sometimes even yeah, the games that don't necessarily have the best reputation are sometimes the most interesting to talk about. However, our friend Alex seventy nine, regular correspondent from our forum, also a Patreon supporter, uh, has played this game and falls into the uh, not very keen camp. Alex says, inspired by the recent Castlevania shows, I decided to have a run through of Haunted Castle. By the Arcade Classics collection on Switch. Konami are playing pretty fast and loose with the word classics here because <laughs> this game is about as much fun as intrusive anal surgery. Oof. And, worst of all, you don't even get a game over screen. Just a shot of Belmont and his lady watching a castle disappear, then back to the start. I assume it means uh, when-you-complete-it screen. Yeah. <laughs> the game feels cheap to play. The flea-men enemies are beyond annoying and the final stage is just walking left for about three minutes and nothing else apart from the boss. I did remember Ben's tip to use a stopwatch on bosses, so that was useful. Overall, this game is stinking hot garbage. Avoid at all costs. I recommend it to nobody ever. (laughs) That's a savaging. Yeah. um, Well, that's nitpicking. Yeah. 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 Um, I read this on ArcadeMuseum.com. Uh, I'm guessing Ben's the only person who may have played this enough to have seen this, if it's even true. There is a random and rare power-up in the game that extends your life bar, making the game much easier. The way to obtain this power-up is easy. Do nothing and just hope that you are lucky enough that the CPU grants you this extra energy. This could actually be a bug. (laughs) (laughs) No idea. No. Never seen it. No. No. Arcademuseum.com, uh, normally a reliable resource, but
1: somebody could maybe be uh,
2: maybe Funk Duck has uh, seen it.
1: He's not there long enough, mate. He's done in thirteen minutes, bless him. <laughs> yeah. He's an animal.
0: <laughs> and yeah, this come this uh, this comes back to the uh, the uh, th- is it specific to the M ROM or is it both US ROMs that have the limited amount of continue options? The Japanese ROM you can continue late into the game, right? But yeah is it um, is it just I, M or is it both us wrong i'm not sure actually
1: to be honest right okay you really are asking the wrong person
0: three three well of course yeah <laughs> three credit classics um but yes uh it actually limits as we said earlier uh you can actually in some versions you even get your your continues limited so even if you've bought the game on on a re-release and you're playing that particular version you still so, you still don't get to just so credit i'm trying credit to, to the work M. out
3: which version i played then mm. So I played the PS4, is it the hamster release? Just on yeah. its own. Which
0: ROM? Uh the US. <laughs> so is do they include M or do they include the other one. I don't know. I don't
3: know. I just pressed click play. There's a choice yeah, of three. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna play the US one. It seems I mean, the one yeah, to play. It's just a
2: region a region choice that you don't know exactly what room Yeah, to play. it yeah. doesn't it doesn't break but it down I can tell for you, you specifically. I
3: can tell you in that one, when I'm just, you know trying to do it legitimately without safe scumming it, I hit a continue screen three times and it then took me back to the start of the game. There you go. Um yeah. which makes me believe,
0: probably, It's either M or K normally with these um with these things like uh if there's two ROMs in the same region, normally the the second ROM is just like a a patch version of the previous Mm. one, but it sometimes is a rebalance. Um, What I would say is just as a general piece of advice, although this is not absolute and uh, this is is not always going to be the right thing to do, but if you've got a Japanese version of an arcade game and you have the option to play the Japanese ROM, play the Japanese ROM, because normally it's... I mean, not always because it might have been revised sensibly for for the other regions but more often than not uh as mikil's spoken about many times there are there were different attitudes to what an arcade game could and should be in japan compared to what the way they were sold as kind of effectively off it, in in many cases like just money-making devices in us and europe um and yes in this case it, if you have the hamster version played the Japanese wrong well, for like, sure I need to time travel and tell Tony that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and fix my mistakes <laughs>
3: which probably explains probably why I was hitting my head against it well against the brick wall almost yeah but you still got through it right I so... did but like I so I mean I congratulate Ben because it's like it's, it's, it's that's some that's some good good doing to, to do that but for me I found myself um, I completed the game once through just you know hitting enemy working out the pattern save scumming. Mm. Good. I'd work that one out, move on, do that, do the same thing, and then you know, work my way through the game like like there's a there's a legitimacy to that in some degree, because you get to oh, see absolutely. the whole game and you know, have Practicing it laid down. To you. And... and then I once I'd completed the game well, I tried just normally the first few times and failed completely. Yeah. Uh then save scum. But then I actually once I understood the mechanics, I, I think I got to stage three. Um yeah level 3 yeah. halfway through level 3 before dying just trying to do it legitimately which i which i yeah. was actually really quite proud of because yeah. you know from my initial attempts you know i was dying you know very very quickly in the in the first area definitely
2: so. in the american version as well yeah, yeah. so yeah, for sure. um
3: but I, there is that there is that sense when you're talking about gameplay here it's like this isn't a game that I would particularly recommend to somebody just to pick up and play like oh, I'll go and play Haunted Castle it's a classic like it's clearly not like it has issues and some of that would be obviously from its development cycle um and the fact that it is there to take your money but there is definitely something there about learning patterns that you know yeah. it obviously is inherent with gaming throughout and I you know once again you know playing a from source game at the moment like that's the kind of wheelhouse it deals in. But even this, there is definitely something about, okay, well, it's not a bullet hell. It's not like some bullet hells where it's just like, I don't even understand how (laughs) to navigate my way through this screen. There's just too much going on. Like Mm -hmm. there is, you know, set patterns to the birds and the bats, which were my, you know, Achilles heel half the time. And actually learning to back up and do stuff. So
0: yeah. you know, the pace is not exactly rapid. It's is not. It? It's so, not at all. Is it? It's
3: really yeah. like it is quite sluggish. And it but it doesn't feel like it's sluggish in the way that you know I can't hit anything. It's just about knowing the position you need to stand to hit stuff. So I did take some enjoyment in it, but I wouldn't say I loved. You know, particularly loved the game. It was frustrating at times. I was glad there was an ability to save, got my way through to see the end. But yeah, you know, I can I can also see. The fascination with trying to do it in just one one life, like, a, and when people go, "Oh, it's terrible," I know I've I've been there myself, playing through some what people would class as bad games, and and actually taking a fair bit of enjoyment. So I, I can almost see yeah, it from Ben's sure. point of view, like you have put enough time into it,
0: you can yeah, yeah. kind of you know rinse yeah, something that thing out of I was that other jokingly people... talking about Stockholm syndrome, but I know you've been there many times. Pl- uh, and that's sort of part of the appeal of achievement hunting oh god yes uh, and and the difference is that achievements you get an actual little digital trinket to say that you've done it whereas ben doesn't but really it's the same kind of it is i mean i've done experience some in many ways ridiculous stuff some of the stuff you've Ben, ben to gets
2: do. of course good uh, good reactions on his live stream so yeah yeah he exactly gets, uh, yeah he, he gets a video material and content upload, yeah 100 which yeah. is in many ways Maybe even better,
0: than even more you. tangible. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll let Ben take the floor here. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. I just get you know sadness when I look at it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I'm
0: not. I'm not even suggesting that one is better than the other. I'm saying we all, uh, as as again, we all have our own our own motivations. Yeah, but actually, the but the process is is not so dissimilar. Um, and and it's not always about yeah playing the funnest game. It's sometimes about this the kind of the challenge that a particular set of mechanics. Um, Seems to but, set off the machines. Yeah, in I your mean, mind. but you say with this game in particular, even from the
3: outset, like this game is designed to basically punish you. So you know, it's it's not like it's hiding anything. It's not like especially
0: it's, the version you play. Yeah, but it's not a sheep
3: in wolf's clothing. It? It's like you know, a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Um, you know, it's it's there and it it's it's there to take your money. I guess you probably know that going into it. So you know, the fact that you know Ben's gone through it and and done it legitimately, I think you know admiration there i know you hear it enough but you know there's real admiration there because that is actually kind of almost beating the system in some regards
0: yeah yeah beating the machine mm. <laughs> uh just out of curiosity i notice that uh and i uh, i don't know why but the uh the first boss in the game the level is uh officially known as graveyard and the boss is not medusa it is wicked mermaid amazing <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why. That's, uh, that's a misnomer. Yeah. Uh, the later bosses, kind of, the names are pretty much uh, Ron Seal, uh, as are the levels Cave, Skeleton Snake, Banquet Room, Stained Glass <laughs> Warrior, Amazing. Basement and Caves, Golem, Clock Tower, Frankenstein, actually, Frankenstein's monster, of course, is <laughs> the, the, the traditional mistake. And finally, Vampire's Room, <laughs> which is Dracula, uh, who... Yeah, funnily enough, he inhabits he's in his room. He's in his room. He is in his uh, room. His mom, his mom told him to go to his room. Yeah, uh, after having to somehow get across that bridge without exactly. taking yeah. too many hits. What is up with the bridge?
3: I, I know this. I obviously learned that you had to jump a lot to stay ahead of the bridge. It's a weird. It's what a weird gameplay <laughs> element. It's just like it's so different from everything else you've experienced up until that point. And obviously, yeah. the bat being hit by the bats is. You stop. You hit. You thus you lose ground. Thus the bridge catches up to you and kills you anyway. It's I just it just I mean the, the fact that they you've read the fact that that's an element that they added in and they were quite proud that they added that kind of element into it. But I look at it and go, it's it feels like a completely different game.
0: It's such a classic thing for for movies and fantasy and and whatever else the you know, running or running along a thing. Or the longest bridge in trying, the world? <laughs> you're trying to yeah, you're trying to stay ahead of it and and in theory it's it's excitement and drama and and whatever else. But but in this game, it yeah, it it seems kind of weird. But actually, it does go on to set another uh, kind of um series staple, doesn't it? I think there's uh, there's quite a few cut, uh, sort of similar sections
1: in in later games and obviously
0: we've seen it in a million other video games as well
1: but yes the funny thing thing with that bridge as well like at the end mm. bit is we talked about kind of sub weapons and stuff Mm. there's a sub weapon that you can only get there like if you kill bat 15 if you kill bat 15 it drops a torch like a a ghost and goblin style torch what really yeah bat 15 yeah and the torch is Uh, handy for what Rubbish. It's, well, you can use it to beat, like, Dracula when his face is on the floor, but it's not as good as the cross, you know. No, so no you've got to.
0: Quite... That's weird. It's that quite... is weird.
1: Well, the, the thing is, when you get it, there's only two things left to do. Right? <laughs> well, three things left. Three things left to do. Kill the harpies, kill the flying Dracula, mm. which the torch is useless for, and then kill, like, face-mount Dracula, which the torch, to be fair, doesn't work badly for that.
0: Okay. Because um, that but... would be a real uh, Ghosts and Goblins-type troll if it deliberately gave <laughs> you the... The stupidest weapon, weapon, just before yeah. the before the last, the last encounter, <laughs> right. yeah, crucifix in its faces is is Dracula's face is pretty. That's quite cool animation as well. That. Like
1: that. the easiest, yeah, like it's it's like you get that obviously at the end of it. You can get that on level three, but like you generally uh, the the best time to generally get it is just before you fight Frankenstein's monster. Obviously, um,
2: Konami yeah. Konami and the and their weird easy final bosses for arcade games, mm.
0: yeah. I guess it's uh it's that sort of leave players on a high kind of thing rather than walking away sad and kind of I don't know yeah. um yeah i'm I'm were there any other there any other weird secrets or Easter eggs squirreled away like that that you can think of other than that possibly apocryphal one <laughs> health bar Stand. improvement
1: yeah i there's not like I can't think there's too much there's things that you learn like for example, you learn. Uh, which enemies give you kind of which things, you know, like in terms of like when you go down, when you first go down into that kind of cave where you drop into that water, like um, there's a bat there that if you wait for a while will spawn and then it'll drop like a, a big heart, which is five hearts. There's mm. a few kind of bits like that where you mm. have to wait a little bit. And there's no randomness, to like, it, right? It's all. Yeah, no, that's there every time. And that's, but like, is that the um, same with
3: the weapon drops as well? Is it?
1: Yeah. Always yeah, yeah. It depends on characters. what weapon. Yeah, it depends what weapon you've got, and it depends what uh, uh, which specific enemy it is. But like uh, we said about like just, uh, I'm gonna have to talk about it. It's a quick thing about the stopwatch because it has become like a running <laughs> gag in this whole thing. Yeah. Like um, the, the, the the stopwatch is perhaps the most broken thing in the entire game, mm. um, in terms of the fact that um, that the bulk of bosses it will freeze completely dead, and yeah. I think it takes two. It takes it uh, two hearts to kind of use. Um, <laughs> The other thing, like so if you get to the end of the um you can get the stopwatch um halfway through the second level. Um yeah. and when you get to the end of the first level, which is the the end of the second level, excuse me, which has got that skeleton kind of snake. Um, all you need to do is wait for that to line up with what your whip is. And mm-hmm. then as you're whipping, just tap up. Yeah. And you'll freeze it and then yeah. it'll die because it can't yeah. move. Yeah. <laughs> this works with obviously the uh, uh with this this stained glass sorry, stain well. yeah. But uh, yeah. but the other bit that's kind of Funny about it and broken about it is the fact that all these enemies have got a part where they all kind of spawn. So, like for example, I say about the um about like the the bit where you go past it like bloody tears is on, and then there's that big picture with the bloody tear that it's then really comes good. down. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And then you've got that like uh, that dinner table, like um, it's all you need to do is freeze time for like if you know exactly where it is, you can freeze that time freeze could be two frames, yeah. and it would be enough. Because once you're past the frame of which those things spawn, those things then never spawn. And that's why it's so good. Because you could like run across a, a platform, hit the stopwatch, and if there was supposed to be loads of enemies spawning, not only would they not spawn, but they'd never spawn. So like you can literally lock off massive sections hmm. of levels at once if you know there's a lot of stuff. So like for yeah. example, the bit in level uh, if you're doing a second loop, the bit with the flea men is made ridiculously easy with the stopwatch because none of them spawn and then none of them not only don't spawn but then don't further spawn so like you can literally with, with like two with two uses of the stopwatch you can do the first bit up until you get to the harpies like um, fairly like do you know what I mean without actually having to kill anything before like uh, that's not what we talk about random bits that's random right where you walk through that mirror into that thing full of the, all those, all yeah, those yeah. three kind of harpies. I really yeah. like that bit. That, I like that bit as well, but that's, it's strange, isn't it?
0: Yeah, because the audio all cuts out. Yeah, and You've it does. just got these kind of haunting screeching, and it's a real... Yeah, it's like a proper moment. I, I think the game could have done with more kind of, like, quirky elements like that, that kind of... Yeah, even the, the play portrait with, with the bloody
2: tear... Well well bloody tears is playing is a little bit uh, of a cool little moment yeah, as well. Yeah, I
1: like I do like that bit. That that level's yeah. cool to be honest. The the middle yeah. part of the game for me like uh, the bit where you get into the when you get into the actual castle and then you go through the kind of the catacombs bit like that those levels like 3 and 4 uh, yeah. and and uh, a bit of 5 where you got that lift are kind of the I don't know the bit where it all kind of comes together for me, you know.
4: Hmm.
2: Yeah, it's it's funny also uh, I, the uh, Flea Men, the Hunchbacks, were giving me hell initially when I got there, and I never used the stopwatch on them because I just wanted to keep on stacking hearts. Um, but once you kind of figure it out, like you need to just hit hit twice in quick succession yeah. uh, mm. in a standing position, yeah. you can ma- make pretty short work of all of them without uh, them giving you much trouble. The, the, tr- the problem really is if you manage to spawn two of them coming in from opposite sides, yeah. you know, when you're working on one and the other one jumps you, those, those, and those situations you can't do much about no, when it when it happens.
1: Ahead,
2: yeah. There's, there's a lot of moments in the game where you feel like, okay, fair enough. I've made a mistake, but there's no way for me to correct it anymore. And you just have to just sit there and watch yourself. Yeah, get I hit.
3: said, there is a few situations where you can't jump because you're hit a bat. You can't, I mean, ultimately you can only kill the thing in, in front of you, but the thing behind will yeah. hit you and you're like, well, <laughs> it's like um, did exactly, i just yeah. did i push too far across the screen when i should have taken something out before it spawned there like you know but in, in either way it's a no-win situation i'm going to be hit here
2: yeah and there's ways to not get into those uh no-win situations but yeah once you see it happening there's not much you can do about it anymore yeah.
0: psycho hype from our forum says, I decided to play along with Kana for this one via the Arcade Classics Anniversary Collection. After maybe an hour and a half of slow, mucky progress, I made it to the end of Simon's journey and destroyed the giant head that was Arcade Dracula's Final form. All I can say is thank you Konami for quietly changing the rules of the game and giving us unlimited continues to actually see the full length of Haunted Castle from beginning to end. What were they thinking when they released this game to North American arcades and made it so you were limited to three measly credits? Obviously, this game is broken in more ways than one. While it loosely captures the essence of the original Castlevania NES game, it just feels off in so many areas. Simon's movement is stiff, slow and unwieldy. It feels like you can never get him to climb or descend a staircase on the first attempt. And good luck if you need to turn around quickly to whip an enemy closing in from behind you because the button input will probably register too late. Also, what's with the huge damage caused by certain enemies, and why does it take so many hits to kill everything? There was a weight and heft, a chunkiness to Simon's whip in the NES Castlevania. It felt good to swing and watch those enemies crumple. You could feel it. In Haunted Castle, you get none of that. The basic Castlevania elements are all there, but it's like there was no care or understanding of how to make these moment-to-moment encounters tactically interesting or enjoyable. There were so many stretches where it felt like I had no choice but to absorb the damage because the enemies were simply unavoidable. Oh yeah, good luck figuring out the enemy hitboxes. Needless to say, this game has issues. That said, it's still a fascinating (laughs) relic to behold with some interesting ideas and enemies thrown into the mix. The artistic design of this game isn't always pretty, but it's fun to see such a unique take on so many of the classic Castlevania bad guys. At times, the graphics and gameplay are drab and uninspiring, but then there are moments where the screen is flooded with unexpected colours, shimmery effects and strange sights, like a bizarre alternate dimension where you're suddenly trapped and beset by harpies, and it feels like Castlevania on shrooms. So there's that. Yes, I think it's probably one of the weakest Castlevania games ever made, but I'm happy Kane and Rince decided to cover it. It gave me an excuse to finally experience the strangeness for myself. We talked a lot about hitbox detection. Mm-hmm. And obviously,
3: Ben, you'd be the person to to really work there. Is it just off? Like, at times, I definitely felt like I cleared something and I've been caught by something. Or is it actually just...
2: I yeah. is it inconsistent I think it's just, yeah. yeah i think it, it's not inconsistent it's just larger than yeah it's, the just itself. it's larger
1: what you, yeah. than what you're used to you know
2: yeah exactly it's so kind of it's, i never
1: it's... i never get hit by something and think i shouldn't get hit by that okay you know like yeah. I, I i'm always aware of the fact that it. Uh, and as much as but that's but but i'll say that it's like uh <laughs> i'll kind of curse or say oh, uh do you know what i mean that's nonsense but um it isn't. It's the fact that I didn't jump right, you know what I mean? It's never the year. Uh... But that's
2: also because you really learned the game. Mm. But if you look at, for example, like actually uh sprites colliding, sometimes you get hit by something that actually didn't collide with your sprites. But once you of course learn the hitbox, yeah, that's the, the size thing, of the hitbox, yeah, yeah. yeah you, know, like you, you become never... in, in, in tune with it with it. But yeah, and it not like you say it it's never... not
1: immediately logical. No, it never breaks the rules, but like the rules aren't that logical. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean you have to learn what the rules are and yeah. then yeah. you're fine you
2: know? exactly yeah. I think we've nailed it <laughs> I think
3: what they actually I mean the hitbox probably is slightly bigger but I think because you're you're quite a big character and the the manoeuvrability of room around certain jumps to land something near, you know to make sure you got to hit it just in time you know, there isn't a lot of time between those those decisions so maybe just
2: there was a th- there was also a part during the Gollum boss fight where I seemed to get hit by nothing at points, but maybe that was him slamming his fist down on the floor or something.
0: Hmm.
2: Where just you being on the floor at that moment I, causes damage? I, I, thought I, the, um, I had no idea.
0: I thought the hitbox on the whatever it is, the, the lump of bricks or whatever he throws across the screen, I thought maybe the hitbox of that tails out the back of it somewhat. Yeah, it like does that. yeah,
2: a little bit, but it was over, almost off All screen right. and I was standing in the front and something randomly... Yeah, you know, invisibly hit me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Happened a couple of times. Excellent stuff. Everyone loves that, right? <laughs> <Of course. Yeah. laughs> Character building. Big <builder>. fan. <laughs> um, being gaslit by your video games. <laughs> right. Uh, we also have a few three-word reviews. Quite a few people have played this game, I guess, in recent times because of its uh, relatively high availability. Follow us on social media at Cana Rince,
1: of course. Ben, start with you. Atik Bagwan says From Humble Beginnings
0: Billy Cupid says A Miserable Little Pile
1: Bat
2: TZMZO says Lovely Clunky Garbage Peak 37
3: Point or PT hmm. What do you reckon, Point? Um, yeah. A Legacy
0: Begins
1: Ephemeral Enigma says Funniest Walk Cycle
0: And Minimal Wax Wing <laughs> says Absolutely Tremendous Soundtrack so there <laughs> we
2: go, I wonder if uh, I think one and uh big thirty seven point uh yeah think think if this is the first game in the series,
0: yeah, that's why I mentioned at the the top of the show that i think yeah. I think that's a commonly held belief uh because especially probably in maybe i i don't know where those uh, folks are from, but in europe especially uh where the n e s wasn't or i say europe the u k in particular where the NES wasn't that big of a deal Mm. and possibly didn't even arrive until like 1990 or something like that. So it's quite possible. I think, as I say, I think Haunted Castle was my first exposure to Castlevania, even though I didn't know it was. Um, And of course, so many games like Contra and Gradius started... Their life yeah. in the arcades, and then went to Famicom and NES. Yeah. That it it is a it, a it feels logical. Trajectory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yes, uh, if you are labouring under that misapprehension, we have been MythBusters for you. <laughs> well, let's summarise this interesting entry into the Castlevania series. This is the yeah the third of our ongoing series of podcasts. We've got one more scheduled for this year, all being well, which is another uh, entry which isn't that well spoken of generally Castlevania the Adventure on the Game Boy we're also going to cover the now sadly unavailable WiiWare game that was a sort of uh, I don't know what would you call it a reimagining I suppose yeah a- anyway we'll come back with that's that that's a good one yeah oh yeah I love those those M2 WiiWare games anyway but for now we're just thinking about Akuma Joe Dracula Arcade Haunted Castle and uh, Tony let's start with you yeah, so for just walking into it with
3: little knowledge what I was walking into, it was it was tricky. I I think there's no denying that it, it's not an easy game, even though it's a short game, it's not an easy game just to, to jump into. I think some prior knowledge to what you're getting on into would be handy. Interesting obviously to see not necessarily the you know, the legacy begins, but you know, an early one in the in the series and yeah, probably the best looking one at the time in the series. But you've got to remember it's arcade roots, you know. It, it is there to to punish you in some regards, and it's happy to do so. Um, I enjoyed learning the timing and the mechanics, but it it's not you know it's not one where I'm going to fondly remember going. Oh yeah, that was a an absolute classic in my in my inventory of uh, gaming history. It was just an interesting game, and certainly an interesting game to run parallel with <laughs> playing Elden Ring because it felt like you know there is many years that separate. These two titles, but in some regards, it's you know, Elden mm-hmm. Rings a a callback to, well, yeah. FromSoft games are a callback to a time that has been you know forgotten. Um, well, not forgotten, but you know, a time that you know we look at these things and go gold. And how many times have we said? You know, people people just assume like, oh, my God, Dark Souls and these games are are so hard and you just always laugh because you're like, God, you didn't grow up <laughs> in the, you know, early, in the 80s and the you know early 90s with some games really ridiculous. Um, I surprisingly enjoyed it more than I probably would have expected um certainly seeing some of the reviews before jumping in of very low scores yeah. mm-hmm. i was actually as got a wife i got myself into here um <laughs> but by the end of it you know through i guess just pure <laughs> just bang my head against the wall you, you you tend to kind of like something when you finally get to the end of it and you put the time into it so you know i don't think you you need to seek it out to see how you know a great arcade game per se but I think if you're interested in the series, uh, the Castlevania series, and you haven't tried it, you know, there's plenty of means to get your way to the end without you know just feeling terrible about yourself. So you know, I, I but I also appreciate the effort that Ben has put into actually master some of these the elements of it because you know it yeah you know, that's that's quite impressive. So yeah, in the end, I enjoyed it. I didn't love it. Interesting to play.
0: Thanks, Tony. Yeah, I absolutely loved Konami's 80s arcade output going all the way back to the early stuff like Scramble and uh, Time Pilot and then on to all of the obvious ones, Green Beret or Russian Attack and Gradius and oh, things yeah. like that. And uh, this one, as I say, I gave it a few goes. It got a few 10ps in that particular arcade back in the day, but uh, but I did not uh, I did not fall in love with it but obviously I hadn't in some ways I hadn't really given it long enough at that point to have a a full a fully formed opinion of it but having come back to it now uh, on PS4 playing on this is what I bought a PS5 for of course to play <laughs> 1980 oh, yes. Konami arcade game on a on a PS4 release um uh, yeah I still I would still have it fairly low in my personal ranking of 1980s konami arcade games bit stiff bit stodgy bit unfair okay you can with knowledge and experience learn how to beat it even on the hardest rom we know that ben has proved it and uh as has uh as have a few others out there on the internet as always um but that doesn't mean that it's a game that i would particularly enjoy to have to uh spend the rest of my life playing but um yeah it's you know it's above sort of sodan in my personal uh, <laughs> g- list of games with uh, large heavy barbarians plodding uh, to the right and hacking at things um, it's got some <laughs> cool music as as our as our most positive three word review said uh, it's it, it, it at least sounds good and some cool screams um, but yeah uh, I think given that it is often uh, it's available on that pack that we've referred to many times a digital download often available for literally a handful of coins and uh, it comes with a bunch of other games nearly all of which i prefer to this one <laughs> but you may as well try out you may as well give it a go give it a whirl on that compilation um, because you know history right mikhil damning with faint praise better than sword of
2: soda because, uh... <laughs> So there's something,
0: yeah. I mean, um, that's not as harsh as what uh Alex79 said that uh, I think he p- would prefer ainly intrusive surgery. So, you know, <laughs> don't knock it until you tried it. It's incredible. Yeah. He probably just likes <laughs> hospital food. <laughs>
2: so, um, yeah, I mean, Konami in the uh 80s and 90s were oft, often seemed just infallible right like the, the standard of quality of their arcade games and many of their home games was just uh, yeah upper echelon stuff so something like Haunted Castle and Gradius 3 reminds us that uh, no they weren't infallible you know they had their missteps again like both games kind of plagued with um, yeah troubled development cycles and all sorts of challenges um, you know so there's that whole aspect to it it's it's a, it's a bit sad to me uh you know it feels like a lot of missed potential here this a Castlevania arcade game could have been so much more to me and when Gelico one-ups uh Konami with uh the SDX over uh over this one yeah. and then of course there is the magnificent rest and saga to uh, to consider yeah i don't you know i i i played the individual parts of Haunted castle and I enjoyed learning it for uh, a little bit, you know, like learning the stages, because there is that element of enjoyment to it. Um, but um, yeah, I would, uh, you know, there would be a lot of uh, other arcade games in this sort of genre that I would be rather be investing my time into if I, uh, if I would have that time at the yeah, moment. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> But that's, uh, that's, of course, my uh, personal take on it. Have you played
0: uh, Volgar the Vul- Viking, Michiel?
2: No, but it's very, uh, it's very much a uh, um, homage to Rastan. Very, right?
0: very, very much. So, Yes.
2: Yeah, I heard it's good actually. It's decent, I, yeah. I didn't like the, I didn't like the graphics no. so that much, but I heard that it, uh, mm. it plays
0: really well. Is um, is is Rastan on the Egret Two Mini? Uh, you would think so, right? <laughs> I should really check that out. I've got mine. Yeah. mine's on order. Anyway, yeah. thanks, Michael. Uh, let's conclude, of course, with our guest Ben.
1: God, I don't know where to start with this. Um, I don't know, like, I really love games like this. And uh, I just, I love the fact that I can do, I can find something like this that I can't do, and then the end of it, kind of, I can, you know? And I've never professed to be the best at stuff like this, but that level, the level of kind of, I don't know, um, a humbling kind of determination, I suppose, that you need for, for a game like this sets you up so well in life you know with so many different things that you might kind of choose to do because the hardest thing to do with anything is especially if you're good at something is to then do something else that's sort of related to it oh yeah and then uh, and then you're rubbish at it you know yeah. like and we all play a lot of games and then you just think that you've got i don't know like a meter of, of kind of how these things work and then you start and you're like i am terrible at this do you know what i mean i need to and the thing is that's where people's kind of mileage with these things differs but that's where like if you are of the mindset and you are able to kind of put put the time into stuff like this like um the rewards you do get from games like this are really really quite a lot i think like you mentioned things like uh like rastan for example but if we're talking about time constraints like uh it would honestly and i don't hold myself up in any kind of high regard but i could see a clear of uh like a a, a learning cycle and clear of rastan taking me months you know oh yeah like I, it's, it's a much longer game yeah absolutely, sure. absolutely months um and and i think that like uh, this for me is kind of perfect because it's so much more kind of like intense you know like you've got like a, a like a 15 or 20 minute kind of cycle of of kind of stuff like that i'd say a lot of people's misconceptions on this are to do with ROM sets um Clearly, yeah and i do think that a lot of people will have played because nobody likes to be get to, to be made a fool of right and if you yeah. play this in the arcade and died straight away, you're not gonna to want to go back to it. And if you play it at home and you die straight away, you think to yourself, Well, why why am I putting my time into this? Whereas when you play the game, the game that maybe it actually should have been, you'll find that it's kind of a lot of fun, you know? Like there's a lot of kind of heart that kind of goes into it. It's kind of well, it's kind of well crafted. It follows a a kind of nice, like there's like a, a progressive kind of story narrative to it with all the levels. And it's just I don't know. It's one of those things where like uh you you'll get to the end if you if you can take the time to learn at it to kind of do it properly. Um, you'll get to the end, uh, not just being better at that one game, but uh, a kind of I don't know, maybe better at being able to kind of like tackle things a bit more kind of laterally, you know, but to look things look at things a, a little bit more kind of differently. And irrespective of if you're the best at this or you're not, or if you just want to kind of play and kind of have fun, like I do urge you that if you put the if you put the time in to something like this and it's not even a massive kind of amount of time it'll come together really quickly once you get over those kind of initial things you'd be surprised how one how quickly you get good at it but two just how much fun it is you know and like uh and that's the thing for that I mean, like it's there's a lot of kind of misconceptions about this um like uh and i think that playing the the right kind of rom set under the right conditions um is is kind of the, the best way really i mean like uh there's a lot worse things you could be doing with your time, like playing Gradius Five, which is complete garbage.
2: Serious, <laughs> <Here> he <laughs> one of my favourite games
1: of all time. <laughs> uh, or you could uh, you could
0: go and have uh, hemorrhoid surgery if you're yeah, if you're yeah, like seventy nine.
2: I'll overlook that last statement. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, that that Ben made. But uh, I mean, if there's one thing that speaks for a haunted castle, uh, you know, you might prefer anal surgery, but that is uh, something that you know will you will have to um passively experience that and with haunted castle you, you at least so. you've,
1: you've
3: you've achieved something yourself <laughs> to be least. fair there's a lot of downtime of surgery so you can
0: get good at this game <clears throat> you know, or up yeah. Time, yeah, <laughs> probably even run am. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so uh, it just remains for me leon to thank michiel tony and ben i expect most of our listeners know the deal by now but uh Ben, if you'd like to uh, plug your channel and well, Thank stuff. you very
1: much. Like, uh you've got a few good folks aren't there already, then get yourself over onto YouTube and uh, check out me over at One Credit Classics. At the moment, I'm streaming on uh, Mondays and Thursdays, and there's a video out every uh, Wednesday. Uh, at the moment, on Thursdays, I am trying to beat Ghosts and Goblins on a single credit live. Um, and uh, tonight, I got to Loop 2 World 6 and died on the last Arama before the two Satans um i'm probably not over it to be honest clearly not over it <laughs> um, that's as close that's as close as you're going to get to beating it without being it to be honest
0: those aromas um, i don't yeah, like em.
1: it was kind of uh it was kind of pretty heartbreaking but then i played RK Plus and got a black belt so swings and roundabouts you know what i mean um but yeah like i'm over there um over on on youtube at, at one credit classics there's like a video out every wednesday and um there's a yeah there's a, a streams every um streams every monday and Thursday. So it's a lot of fun and also uh jokes aside about uh about Gradius Five, I am uh, my good friend me and my good friend Mikhail obviously are uh are working all the time on the, on the Video Wizards podcast, where if you like kind of big, huge deep dive, lengthy kind of time cast time capsule kind of podcasts about kind of a uh, arcade games and culture and music and uh and local Dutch tomfoolery, then you should uh for sure uh, kind of uh kind of check us out really because that's it uh, that's an awful lot of fun as well.
0: Indeed. Yeah, you need to get back to that uh 1cc Gradius 5, Mikhail, uh you got slightly distracted by making a computer game. <laughs> <laughs> and exactly. You're making really good progress
1: but, with that. I honestly thought like it, in another couple of months, you probably could have had that.
2: Yeah, yeah, for it's sure. such I, a tough I think I've got those first three stages pretty, memorized pretty well. Mm. So uh, I'm, I'm fairly sure I can pick that up again. Funny enough uh, that you brought up Gradius 5 and your uh, conclusion to begin with, because... Uh, there is a, there is an anal level in that one. Yeah. one that <laughs> sure alert. It's is. a massive, Maybe that's massive the link space. So is the cabin. Exactly, it's a massive space <laughs> anus that you're flying your craft into. <laughs> it, it makes also sense. All sorts of bowel movement and tapeworms. Yeah. The
0: furthest I can get is the one that goes all spinny and it's got all the green liquid in the ship and it's all scrolling in different directions. And oh yeah. my god, that's hard. <laughs> Anyway, we did talk a bit bit about uh, Gradius 5 in our Gradius series podcast, which you can find on our website or on Spotify and all the other vintage arcade games and Konami stuff. Head to kaneandrince.com. Thanks also, as always, to Editor Jay. Thank you to our correspondents and, of course, you for listening. Next time, in issue 510, it's a different kind of format. For the first time ever... We celebrate the life and works of one developer, one creator, the mighty Yak, the legendary programmer and designer, Jeff Minter, as he turns 60.